0: Explosion from Death Clock, and uh, I just wanted to tell you guys about an event coming up in here pretty soon Ma- March 23rd. Fun for Funds is a Journey in the Comics Network event. Ooh!
1: Santa Claus's Comedians, names Patrick's Mercies. It's the live stand-ups, guys, that will be there at the North End pubs on March 23rd. Dr. Rexo, the wreck and Rogue. Into it's a journey into
2: comics. Journey into comics.
3: Journey, comic. journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. 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 Network, network. network. production.
0: Production. We're gonna fuck the side of my in the f-
3: Hello and welcome to podcast V episode eighty. I'm your host Dick, and with me, of course, is Tyler. I'm back in a lot. He's back. It's been stuff. what two weeks? Two weeks. It's been two weeks. Your beard is a lot more full now. Makes me happy. Yes, You're, you returned from your uh, press tour.
4: My press tour. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Since since you've been on our show, you've been on Journey into Comics twice and Game Addicts Podcast.
4: And I was almost on Poor Report or the Poor Three Hundred and Sixty. Almost.
3: Damn. You've been um, a busy boy.
4: I needed, like, I was thinking about this on my way over here because I stopped and got a care package for myself of Cherry Vanilla Pepsi, a giant bag of Funyuns that I ate the whole bag on the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Original recipe Butterfinger because I don't fuck with that new recipe. It is nasty. Like, I would lick. just nasty. I would lick your asshole before I fucking put another one of those new recipe Butterfingers in my mouth.
3: Oh. You heard it here, folks.
1: Now here's the thing. Because welcome, I Brandon. This. Hi, how you doing, guys? <laughs> it's been the you know first time I've been on since episode 50. Yeah. Uh, it's been you know it's been a minute, you know a little minute, but all right. So I thought about this and, I, and specifically about you. Okay. Okay. In in some ways, you remind me of George Carlin. Okay cuz uh i remember him saying i that he didn't have pet peeves he has severe psychotic fucking hatreds
4: yes <laughs> yes that is me
1: yeah and i'm like you know what when things like you know you're pretty easygoing about most things but when there's something that really upsets you it like it literally just goes from here to 11.11 11 for
4: you yeah when when i'm what if something is on my radar it is either very beneficial to myself or people I love. Or just, you know, society. But if it's not that, it is a bad thing. And it is DEFCON 5. <laughs> I'm calling in the Marines. I'm dropping nukes on people. I'm pissed off about
1: it. Yeah. Um. You're sending smoke in to get the other tribes to rally. Yes,
4: I'm, I'm powwowing. <laughs> uh, I'm having the, the moot with the Ents. Uh, you know, we're going to fucking take down Isengard because, you know, Saruman's cutting down the trees. Got lots of problems with shit. <laughs> and the new and updated, improved recipe for Butterfingers is fucking one of them. It is nasty. I want to add to that a little bit before I'm done ranting about my care package.
3: This Hold on. This is great because you didn't even bring it up. We had been planning to bring this up just to get you a The break. Butterfingers? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we were we were planning to trigger the fuck out of you. I spent and you did it yourself. I spent
4: <laughs> I spent eight minutes in the gas station. I timed it eight minutes looking for original recipe Butterfingers. Okay, <laughs> scouring the place. I, I fucking I dug through that rack of candy. I wanted. I'm a surprised you didn't
3: stock up up north because didn't you talk about it on JIC?
4: Well, I did. I happened to stop at a gas station when I left uh, Pod HQ, and. All they had was new and improved recipe Butterfingers. Oh, So, um, anyway. So, we took Ruby to see how, how, to, uh, how to train your dragon. The new one. Enjoy it. Opening weekend. It was great. Not as good as the second one, but still fantastic way to end the story. So, my dad, it was while my dad was in town. My dad and I are standing in line. Skylar and Ruby went to get our seats. And I'm like, yeah, I want some fucking popcorn because I fuck with popcorn real hard. Yeah, and I was like, I got to get some fucking Mountain Dew because I fuck with Mountain <laughs> Dew. And then I was like, you know what? Nate told me that they changed the recipe for Butterfinger. I need a fucking Butterfinger right now. So I said, hey, give me some of them Butterfinger snack bites. Didn't even look at the box.
3: Oh, no. Didn't look at the box. Oh, no. I sit
4: down in my seat. Inhale my large popcorn by myself like I always do. Yeah, and I've I,
3: I've, I've bear witnessed. You, you've to. witnessed. I yeah. have to.
4: I grabbed that box of Butterfinger snack bites off my little chair tray, and as I'm opening it, I grab one, put it in my mouth, and right as soon as my taste buds register that hey, there's a Butterfinger in your mouth, my wife leans over and goes, "They're the new recipe." And I didn't, I didn't even chewed them up yet. I hadn't even chewed it up yet. I looked down at the box, and in bold fucking red, blasphemous letters, it says new and improved. And it's not. It's nasty. So I thought, okay, okay, I'll chew it, I'll eat it, I'll even swallow it. And I'll try another one to see if number two is better than number one. Nope, it was worse. I need to try this.
1: I have. Yeah, I tried it just uh, last week. It's not as good as it. It is not as good. I didn't hate it, but however, however, I would be disinclined to buy another one. That is like the nicest way that I can ever, remember. Like, say. Remember, <laughs> what, is okay.
4: So you guys remember back to? Let's go back to 1997. We were all alive in 1997. We were all. I was. We were all um, cognitive. Or what's the word I want to use? Uh we were all aware self aware in nineteen ninety seven. Mm-hmm. You guys remember Butterfinger BBs? Absolutely. Remember yeah. how fucking delicious they were? Bart Simpson and mm-hmm. those fucking peanut butter round those peanut butter orbs of deliciousness
3: and joy. So you are reminded me of the commercial. Oh yeah. Which reminds which made me think of the old Cheese It commercials. Oh yeah. Or what it was it was Cheese It or Wasn't Uh, it the?
4: Are you are you talking about the Ritz?
3: Yeah, the the Ritz peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Oh, those were just like the most satisfying like like textures happening. It's like you and the cheese ones were even better. Yeah, it's like watching an ASMR video back in the nineties.
4: So, you guys remember like how how important Butterfinger BBs were to us? I wasn't even a big candy guy back then.
3: I've never been a Butterfinger guy. So
4: hold on. But when I okay, so this applies to Reese's cups too. Oh, no. Because they changed, <laughs> Reese's changed their packaging about three years ago, and yeah. now the Reese's Cups don't taste the same.
1: I just saw they have new Reese's Thins, mm-hmm. which is the, which is that, like, and they charge the same amount as, like, a regular, so now they can get away for, like, giving you less. hmm So, so,
4: <laughs> just, just really dive into your nostalgia and remember how delicious Butterfinger BBs were. They took those away from us. The next Butterfinger thing that we got, you know, like six or seven years ago, was the Butterfinger Cups.
1: Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. their
4: attempt at copying the Reese's Cup, they are also nasty. I didn't care for them. They are not very good. So here we are, 2019. Butterfinger is still doing its thing. It is cornflake, peanut butter flavored cornflakes covered in chocolate. That's a Butterfinger. The inside of a Butterfinger is cornflakes. And it's just like, you know what? I think I'm going to fuck all this up. <laughs> We've been around for a long time. You know what? Let's just change it. A Butterfinger now tastes like... You didn't used to like butter. You didn't like Butterfinger before.
3: Watch. He's going to be the one that likes it. Okay. So See, I, I, it, it's not that I didn't like Butterfinger. It's just not my favorite. Okay. It's, like, it's like a fucking Kit Kat. It's, so not, it's not my fucking favorite. Your
4: opinion of a Butterfinger before... Now, let me just throw this at you. Take that flavor. Remove all of it. Replace it with waxy texture. Mm. A Whopper from five, Hol- or five Halloweens ago.
3: I almost thought you were going to say five Holocausts ago. Okay. <laughs> I, I, was, I was going Whopper from fucking Burger King. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is weird. Five Halloweens
4: old Whopper. Okay. Okay, and a half-eaten.
3: Can I still think about a Burger King Whopper? Sure. Okay.
4: Um, a half-eaten Crunch Bar.
1: Mm. Yeah. The peanut butter in the new recipe reminds me of the peanut butter in the Watchamacallit bar. Yeah. That it, that kind of resonated with me. I maybe I, I I would think different if I had them side by side.
4: The malt the malt flavor was so strong in the little snack bites that I had that I couldn't taste any of the peanut butter at all.
1: Nate says they took away the stuff that made them unhealthy, to which I say, you know, bullshit. You know, if it's already a candy bar. Right. Stop, <laughs> stop trying to make candy bars more healthy for the masses. We already know what we're doing to ourselves.
4: Yeah, we are consenting to what's happening. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> My freedom of consent has been removed. It, it, they changed cereal a long time ago too. Like mm-hmm. uh, either that, or it's just like tricks. Like tricks are for kids, and we just don't. I mean, we're I mean, adults I mean, now, I mean, we're adults, and we can't. Uh, see so we maybe, no maybe not only did they change the shape of it, or maybe we don't see the shape of it, and we also don't taste it the same. We can't. Tricks does not what, taste the same. It, as it doesn't. Did when I was we a can't kid. see why kids love cinnamon toast crunch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Cocoa puffs and Reese's puffs don't taste the same. They don't taste the same. When they brought back Oreo O's, are a little bit different too. Did and you Count got, Chocula? Yeah, that really pissed me off.
4: I was a big fan of Booberry. They fucked up Blueberry too.
3: Uh, for the longest time, I it took me a long time to realize it, and it was just one of those thoughts in my head that I just <clears throat> mold around every time I thought about it. <laughs> it's weird <laughs> to say, but I was like, you know, I haven't seen Count Chocula in a while, <laughs> and then I, and then out, Halloween happens, and it's on the shelves. I'm like. When the hell did they start doing it only on Halloween? Right. Uh, I guess they've been doing it for a while only on Halloween. So I went and bought six boxes of it only to find that they it was changed at the fucking recipe. Yeah. So, so did you guys eat the,
4: the French toast crunch in the 90s? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember how delicious it was? Mm-hmm. It's not delicious anymore. It's not the same. It tastes like the cardboard. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. There's hardly any cinnamon.
3: Some would argue that tastes like uh, Monocle's pizza.
4: And those people are uneducated, and they are swine.
3: You know what? Dominoes used to taste
1: like the cardboard, and then they re- then they fix their dough. Yep. The rest of it's not so great. I've
3: actually always liked Dominoes, even after they before and after. Well, they okay. Changed.
1: See, like, because here is the thing: I am a like junk food like eating monster. You
3: are. And, and can eat anything. Mm-hmm. Like you like I you 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 are like a connoisseur of junk food because you are always bringing in like different flavors of Mountain Dew and chips right and, uh, while still eating healthy food that you made at home <laughs> sure sure,
1: sure. Well, and, and, and the thing is is that like you, I, i'm fascinated like by new drinks new things and yeah. and, and of course they're always going to change it and like take all the good things away from us but you know I, I can't say that one of the few things that they ever brought back that tastes exactly as i remember it was high c ecto cooler Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
4: See, I, I didn't get to try it when they brought
1: it back. They brought it back a few years ago for the for the Ghostbusters sequel that they did, and uh, the mm-hmm. the best thing about them doing a new Ghostbusters sequel is the fact that they brought back Hi-C Ecto Cooler, and we ordered the crap out of it, and then we found it at our local ruler, and we just stockpiled it, in, until it was all gone, and then just like, and I and I am this guy, just like when I had my very last Mountain Dew Supernova. I drank the last high C cooler in a champagne glass.
4: <laughs> Did you have Surge in the nineties? Yes. Does new Surge taste the same as old Surge? Because I never had Surge in the nineties. It's pretty darn close. It, I've only had it in,
1: in, in the yeah. newer in the
4: in the modern era.
1: And see, okay. So there there's also another thing that's going on around that around here with all of these things coming back and all of these th- them changing things or like even things because our taste buds change as we grow.
4: Every five years, your taste buds completely dissolve you know, and regrow.
1: So like, I never ever liked or wanted to have anything to do with sushi, and all of a sudden it's like, fine, I'll try it. And I'm oh, like, fuck with that. What? And it was the same thing with like uh, sauerkraut or anything like that. Mm-hmm. As a kid, get that shit away from me. And then I like, you know, hey, like, curiosity. Here I am, 25, you know, 30 years old. Take it, take a nibble, and I'm like. Do I want to go home and make sauerkraut? My wife is like, "No, you will not stink up my house." And I'm that, like,
4: "That fermented cabbage is delicious." But what there. if I like it? That's
3: now,
1: and it, it, it's the same thing. Surge to me tastes pretty damn close. It doesn't. It doesn't have. I mean, maybe it's because we're not kids. Also, it doesn't give that same rush of uh, having all having a, a whole night's full of energy off of one beverage. Uh, however, shortly after I moved. Uh, to, uh, to Indiana this is like 2007 I found an original Jolt Cola what it was at a big loss, it was probably 20 years old it was in a <laughs> it was in a 24 ounce bottle and I bought one it was a Sunday, it was a Sunday before going back to work from that from my very first shutdown and I remember drinking this thing not uh, have, having ever have tried any sort of narcotic other than <laughs> alcohol. There are some uppers in that damn thing. I have never felt that sort of caffeine, sugar rush high off of a single beverage ever. It was awesome and scary at the same time. I was, I like, trying, to, I was trying to put together a fan I like that I bought it at Big Lots also.
4: I like how you're <laughs> saying beverage.
1: And uh, I was bouncing off the walls. I might have said, like, I was saying some crazy shit. I was like cloud nine
4: was there peyote in it <laughs> there may have been i don't know <laughs> I, if there was i want some I'll <laughs> order see, a slat of that shit right now
1: and then of course they brought it back later on it's like a different beverage it's not the same this this was like original joel cola and you know everybody from back in the 80s like you don't know shit you like surge ain't shit next to joel and i will attest because that <laughs> shit i remember tackling my girlfriend who would become my wife onto the bed Staring deeply into her eyes and telling her that I was her Salisbury steak sauce. Mm. (laughs) I'm not sure why that got brought up.
4: (laughs) Get my little book out. Yeah, Yeah, write that down. Anyway,
1: speaking of bringing, you know, always having new things, I did bring stuff for us to try. Awesome. So
3: let's 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 get it out. Let's see this.
4: So while he's getting prepped there, I like. I'm obviously not Brandon's level of junk food. Connoisseur. Yeah. But I also love it because I almost Ooh. bought one of those when I bought this. Orange Vanilla Coke. It's supposed to taste like a dream sickle.
1: Kind of does. Hmm. I've had the Zero variety. I have not tried the original. I bought one for for, for each of us oh, to try. thank you. And uh, so, I mean, I, knew, I know that there's a show on the network called Bruise with Dudes. This is more like Cokes with Blokes.
4: Ooh, Cokes with Blokes. I like it. <laughs> but every time, like, I don't eat very much. that's not it. (laughs) I try and, like,
3: eat somewhat health conscious. Hold on, let's let's do what Nick does. Hold on, right
4: here. Oh, I thought we were going to do it in tandem.
3: I'll do it, too. Do it, too. Let's have a a chain of them. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. oh.
4: But every time I see something that I love. (laughs) Smell it like it's a beer, too.
3: (laughs) Mm. You can kind of smell it already. What a pleasant aroma. Yeah, I do. Let's see
4: how the mouthfeel is.
3: Oh, uh, yes, yeah, canned carbon. Very acidic.
4: Ooh. Kind of flat, but very delicious as far as the dream sickle goes.
3: Yeah, I'm getting dream sickle for sure. Mm-hmm, for and sure. see, it's like, I,
1: I, I feel like it's a bit light and it doesn't overpower the fact that it's still a Coke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there, There's still enough Coke in there within its fabric and makeup. To, to tell you that, that this is in fact a Coke and the flavor is just like mm, right there kicking in the background. You smell it, it hits you, and then you're like Coke. And then it kind of comes back in with the aftertaste of Dream
4: There's a um, soda. There's a type of soda that's sold in Europe. It's a German soda. It's called Mezomix. It is orange soda and cola <clears throat> blended and then packaged. And it is one of the greatest things that I've ever consumed in my life. What I was saying was from the from the junk food perspective. Much like when I hate my like when I get fired up about stuff like that, I'll I'll see something that I have to have, and then I'll look at it, and then in the back of my mind I'll hear,
1: "Treat yourself." By all means, for me to you, treat yourself.
4: My man, I'm gonna eat this one right now. (laughs) What you got there? It's a Butterfinger. Original
3: OG. I wish we had a a, a new one so I could compare. Yeah, right. Um, I bought that a few weeks ago, right when they were coming
1: out. And I was like, uh, Meyer had their like super junk
3: food. What's up? Hey, Miranda, go get me a Butterfinger. (laughs) Don't actually go get me a Butterfinger. That's okay. (laughs) That would be like the... She she would then be considered super producer. <laughs> she would she would. <laughs> I mean she's already she's already gone to Dog and size waited for half an hour in line to bring mm-hmm. it back here for us all to enjoy. Yeah.
1: What's happening to Tyler right now? Is that oh, yeah. he is in an he's he is in an oral orgasmic bliss. Yeah. Break it down. He's got some he's got some of the cornflakes the the matted brittle cornflakes stuck to his teeth right now Mm -hmm. and that's going to keep the flavor you know hanging around just a little bit Mm -hmm. for for when after the candy bar is done he could sit there rub his tongue right across that crust that's laying on top of his teeth and he's like "Mm, i'll never experience this again Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) thank you very much brandon for spoiling me like you always do okay
1: so here's the thing you know my, my intention was to trigger you, and then to offer a peace offering at the end, because I, because I, because I didn't want you to leave today. I mean, I, I didn't expect to leave with it. I figured we would kind of like build up into it. Uh, but he did it himself. Yeah, yeah I know. He's just like, <laughs> he damn it,
3: no. He this triggered first, himself right out of the gate. We are covering this you, right away. You don't even need the peace offering. He did it to himself. No, but I'm glad he did.
4: All my way here, well, all the way back to the beginning of this conversation. I am a hungry boy today. I ate lunch at my normal time. And pretty much since I finished lunch, I've been hungry all day. So on the way here, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop and get a care package. In the last month, in good conscience, I I can honestly say, I have consumed 5,000 calories worth of Funyuns in the last four weeks. Funyuns. Didn't used to be my favorite, but it is hands down my favorite. Salty carbon or er, uh, yeah, I'll take one of them too. Hey, uh, what's that? It's a payday. The payday? hmm. It's not okay. the kind of paydays I've ever seen. It's a good one.
3: I'm too afraid to get another pineapple milkshake out because like they've been nothing but carbonation. They've been exploding it's, again. It's it's lo- it's almost like the um, like the cookies and cream nuggets. hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's bad. Which sucks, because I still have a four-pack and one can left.
4: But mentally, my mental health has been struggling here lately, because I've been under a lot more stress than I have been in the last year and a half.
1: I feel you with that, man.
4: And uh, the time that I spent at Subaru, that was all, like, heal time from all the trauma that I had experienced before that. Mentally, I finally got right, and I did it without medication. And now I'm back to being stressed out again. And I'm just about to the point where I, I've got enough... I've had a lot of pride in the fact that I've been able to heal my mind, or at least I thought heal my mind, without medication. I'm to the point now where, much like pride in the workplace, pride doesn't make you any money. Pride doesn't, pride doesn't keep you alive. Yeah. So I think I'm going to treat myself to some delicious medication. <clears throat> Well,
3: definitely, dude. And I mean,
1: you gotta take care of yourself.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, let's try. Sure, I'll, I'll give it a try. This is
3: the ugly gamer sweater from 450 North.
1: <laughs> I think I remember you seeing you post
4: a picture of this. This finger's so fucking good.
3: Um, <laughs> but it's also very.
1: It's it it, it it shows a lot of growth that you're able to recognize it in general. You yeah, know what I mean that that you know your mind, you know your body enough to know that something's not right. and mm-hmm. to, you know do whatever you need to do to take care of it that that shows that you've that you've been there you've conquered it and now this is just you know it's more and and, you know and I've been there too sometimes it could take a little bit for me to really notice it it all depends on how busy I am right and and and, and like like into my day-to-day and it's one of those things where it could just
3: kind of hit you right when you don't want it to I've noticed that with you you know You'll you 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 have a tendency to go headlong into things and like that you're passionate about mm-hmm. and uh, so you'll be you'll be focused on that you'll be going hardcore at it and then out of nowhere you'll just be like I'm I'm not doing it.
1: <laughs> For me, I think it becomes um, to use a term from like uh, from from some Bethesda games, I get overencumbered. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost like I don't really realize I'm doing it to myself until yeah. I'm already well that far
3: into. It. Right, picked up way too many apples and pans. mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, God,
4: I need that Abraxo cleaner. (laughs) I I, I need that Wonder glue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you find yourself carrying way too much, and whether that affects you know your work, your personal life, you know, my goal is always let those things never get affected. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what's going on, let's keep those, and you know, always try to be the best husband, best dad that I can be try and go to work and not fail enough at work. You know, I think I've worked in my position long enough that I can know when I'm doing a bad job. <laughs> so, I can, I'm not saying that I coast, but I'm saying that I have coasted before, but just like doing good enough. Uh, but again, you know, like if I was brand new in the area, I couldn't do that. You know, our, our work is a lot. It's very, very involved. It's very involved, very intricate. It's very precise. Yeah. And so, therefore, it's like, the more that you know, more that you get good at, the more that you can do that. But for me, here recently, um, I would probably say since November, I've been down, and I can't tell you exactly why. I can't tell you what like what triggered anything. Whether or not that, whether I'm experiencing the winter blues for the first time, I don't know.
4: That's that's a big part of it for me in the winter time, when I don't. And I, I, I've had so many shit doctors in my life. I, I can't tell you whether or not I'm vitamin D deficient. Mm-hmm. But the, the, I can tell you, in my opinion, I'm almost certain that I am happier when I have a lot of exposure to sunlight. I am not as happy or not as mentally sound when I am stuck inside all the time. As much as I love to sit and play video games for twelve to eighteen hours straight, uh, you know, during the summertime, I'll binge play video games and then go outside and mow my yard. Mm-hmm. Something I hate doing. I hate fucking mowing the grass, but that I think that exposure to sunlight has a big, um, a big effect on my mental state.
1: Well, and to that with the whole sunlight thing that. <clears throat> can explain a lot during my second shift years, I would have pretty big swings and like in the winter time, you know, like if we had, you know, sometimes by the time we get to work, it would be sunlight for just an hour. Right. And then I would go home by the time I went to bed, the sun wouldn't even be up again. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things where like in the winter time, you never saw the sun.
4: Yeah. I struggled with it in high school too. You know, I would get to school in the dark and then I would get home in the dark. And then you're just, you know, there's a lot of research on the people that live in Alaska and experience, you know, pure darkness or pure light almost. For and like,
1: it, it, what, almost three months? Yeah. Out of the year?
4: Yeah. And it, it it's just, it's not good for your brain.
1: No. Well, no, because you, I mean, you can really, really drive yourself nuts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, the, yeah, like you're circling back to what you said, you know, like you know saying that you're gonna you know go through and you know try and find something to help you, whether it's something you've tried before mm-hmm. just go you know have a talk I mean just opening up that dialogue is it would like would be a great thing to get yourself right on the right track and you know especially right now I mean you're going through a lot and you're 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 you're, you're making moves to really solidify your career in
4: mm-hmm.
1: your family and, and i mean these are important times
4: well and part of the reason I brought this up is you know as prideful as a person as you want to be or as stubborn as a person as you want to be. I mean, there's no shame in saying, you know what? I need to go. I I need some help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because for years or, you know, for the last couple of years, I said, I'm not going to use medication as a crutch. I'm going to fix my fucking brain. And if I can't, then I can't, but I'm going to try to do it. Yeah. Um, but you know asking for help doesn't make you any less of a human being
3: yeah I mean years ago so I was in this I was in the band drench and I actually saw it help I, I saw medical help because I thought I had like severe like not severe but mild anxiety mm-hmm. and that was that was stunting my creative ability and my ability to perform in the band so I saw. So I was like, I, I need something for medica- medication wise for my anxiety. So, what can you do? And they're like, Yeah, anything we're gonna do is just gonna numb you, and I don't think you want that for what you're doing. I was like, Okay. So that was kind of that was a bummer. And then I just realized maybe this isn't right for me. Maybe this band isn't right for me. Or and because uh, I got tired of holding them back, so I left. And then I focused on the production side of music rather than the writing side. Mm-hmm. And that that really l- sparked me. And suddenly I was feeling tons better and then now i have this podcast because of all that and so when I, I i essentially put music completely on the back burner for this podcast and that again once again just sparked me so it's, it's i think find like when you know something's wrong and when you make that change in your life it's, it it can really help mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes for me
1: when that it, it's almost like uh what happened to me last year And pretty much I got told you're spreading yourself too thin. And of course me, I'm like, I'm fine. What the fuck is wrong with you? No, it's fine. I'm fine. Nothing is wrong. (laughs) Nothing is wrong.
4: Were you just referencing the dog in the fire meme? (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. Everything is fine. You know, the whole world, the whole ass burning down. Right. But in reality, it wasn't my, my, my mental state was not right. I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. I was taking care of everybody else. And that's, that's a downfall to me I worry about every single other person other than myself you know I always put others first and that came to me as an, an, an anxiety attack so what do you do like here I am I like to think that I'm a, a a very well well together put together guy trying to dissect why did I react this way why was it utter like and it's clear that it was denial I was like in denial of somebody telling me I had a problem,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when in reality I did have a problem, and I needed I needed to to cut off certain things, you know, limit myself, and then take take a breath, take a breath for you. What do you like, like? what do you like to do, Brando? Well, shit, I like to I like to play games. When's the last time you played a game? Fuck, months. Months, it had been months. I was so focused on so many other things. I'm like, you know what? That's when I played God of War. Mm. That's when I sat down and played God of War. You fucking picked a good one. Well, and I mean, it was just a matter of like, sure, I, I had time to play here and there. But as you grow as a human, as you grow to get more responsibility, whether that's with children or your families, work, what well, you know, hobbies, or everything, it'd be, you can over encumber yourself very easily. You can all of a sudden be move, like moving so fast, doing so many things, trying to ju- trying to juggle so many things that it can, it can have a detrimental effect on you, even though you're having fun, even mm-hmm. though you're, you know, enjoying yourself, you know, it's putting a strain on you. Mm-hmm. And when other people start to notice that, and then, uh, of course, like I said, the big manly man, denial. No, I'm fine.
4: Get off my lawn. Not,
1: well, no, okay, you're not. <laughs> and it's like only in reflection was I able to really see I wasn't right oh yeah you know. and it, 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 it didn't take very long for that reflection to, to kick in but it was just like man why did I react in such a negative way to that was it how it was said to me was it this or that okay maybe this but it's like ah, what what is there ever a good time or a good way to tell somebody hey you know are you okay you know, like maybe you've been going too hard.
4: Well, cause that's the other side of what I said about the, you know, you're not less of a person to ask for help. Mm-hmm. We as people, a lot of times, even though we deeply care about somebody, we don't want to offend them by saying, Hey man, are you doing all right? Mm-hmm. You know, everything going okay at home, you know, whatever, whatever it is, however you, you pose that question. Most of the times we don't want to offend. We don't want to be the person that's like, "Oh yeah, fucking get off my back, mom. I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I made my bed this morning. Like, it with with the with the best intentions. Um, you know, a lot of times, regardless how you say it, perception is reality for for most people, and they can take it uh, as you being condescending and maybe. Maybe a tad uh, hostile when it's always the the best of intentions. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Good talk. Good talk.
1: As per usual, when I come on the show, things start going deep, man. Well,
4: we went. I mean, we went. We went to the height of the Butterfinger Mountains. <laughs> like we went through Butterfinger um, Prime the the golden age of of delicious peanut butter candy and then you know we, we we tracked through the seven layers of the nostalgia forest and then then we ended up in the pit of despair and then we saw a a, a sunshine smiley face cloud and we we rode a rainbow to salvation
3: very nicely put we we rode the rainbow t- rode a rainbow to salvation in the talons of freedom, yes. <laughs> the talons of yes. freedom, and uh, that freedom.
4: Really, yeah, not, I, I dug it. it. Yeah, uh,
3: that that the talons of freedom belong to an American bald eagle, of course. Right. Um, has brings, this story been shared? It yet? has not been oh, shared. Yes. I've been saving it. Hell yes. That's why this episode is called "The Talons of Freedom." I was
4: going to ask you, <laughs> but I'm just going to let this play out.
3: So, as you know, our temporary John, <laughs> very interesting fellow. <laughs> so <laughs> he just I, I just happened to overhear him talk I think it was, he was talking to Laura mm. and he said uh, so, or maybe he was talking to me and I was just walking away and I, I don't know I, you were doing that thing where you were
4: detached from reality again <laughs>
3: <laughs> I do that it, <laughs> oh, does. it happens uh, excuse me so I hear him say I saw I what I thought he said was I saw a bald eagle in my room. And I'm like what that okay so yeah he was talking to somebody else and I I ch- heard that and chimed in. I'm like what? Inside your room? <laughs> Cuz no, I saw it from my room. Oh. Oh. Okay. Thought that,
4: he had like a like a crazy freedom animal sex thing going on.
3: I was like that would honestly be very terrifying he's like oh i know it would rip me to death oh yeah those those big those are big fucking birds man <laughs> and then he, he out of nowhere i started walking away and he's like what what is the average wingspan of an american bald eagle i'm like i don't know seven to eight feet and he's like wow that's <laughs> that's astounding that's that's astounding <laughs> And then he looks it up over lunch, of course, because yeah. that's him. He's got He's got to know.
1: If there's a if there's a tidbit of information that is missing, he must find out everything about it. Yeah.
3: So he's like, "Dude, you were right. It's like five to six feet." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I know my I know my birds of prey." <laughs> 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 and, then, and then I I told you, didn't I? Yeah. And uh, that's where the whole "talons of freedom" thing. What did you say exactly?
1: Um. Well, uh,
3: this is this is a week out. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, and then I'm trying to like go back. We've been to the saving memories. this, and it didn't work because it was supposed to be last week on yeah. last week's episode. Um,
1: I said like he said like man, those things are like could rip me apart. I'm like with the talons of freedom. Yes.
4: <laughs> God, I want to get I want to get a really badass bald eagle tattoo like somewhere on my body where it's the fucking. Like, he's, he's diving with the talons first instead of beak first. Yeah. The fucking talons. And just, I want, like, one of those, like, like really artsy scrolls. And it just says, fucking talons of freedom. And there's, like, fireworks going off in the background.
1: <laughs>
4: well, when Blaine had
1: told me that he thought he had heard that he saw a bald eagle in his room, I said, that is the most heritage thing I think I've heard in a while. <laughs> I have a bald eagle in my room.
4: (laughs) That's Jethro. (laughs) (laughs) We share the apartment. He keeps the rodents to a minimum.
3: Wow. (laughs) It's
4: a fucking bald eagle with a mullet named Jethro.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Rodents and small dogs.
4: (laughs) And small peoples.
1: Patriotism in the front, party in the back. Fuck
3: yeah. (laughs) I told uh, Cameron has a mohawk. Did I now. hear
4: there's communism here? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Cameron has a mohawk now. Okay. Uh, and I, I told him he needs to grow it out to a mullet hawk. Oh my
4: god! I'm so hard right now.
3: <laughs> a mullet hawk. Yes. Yeah. God. He needs to do it.
4: So let's let's think back to the '80s to the early '90s. When we replaced the mullet with the bowl cut. Oh yeah. Just right right before that, right on the edge in the heyday of the mullet. Every culture had their version of the mullet. We had the OG mullet. Women had the she mullet. Where yeah. it was, you know, that fucking hair was teased in the front the and she it mullet. was it looked like a fucking pony or a thoroughbred's tail in the back. <laughs> You had you had the OG mullet, you had the rat mullet. The fucking mullet tail,
3: yeah. the rat tail? Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. The Jedi braid. Black you know? people
4: had the Jerry curl mullet. Yes. Where it was fucking greasy and curly from the front all the way down to the back. So that was, you know, party and business blended. Yes. No separation. <laughs> um
3: no segregation. No segregation.
4: <laughs> wow. God, that one hurt me. <laughs> mm. um, I mean, just every, every fucking culture in the 80s embraced the mullet. If you didn't have fucking mullet, if you didn't have a mullet, a wife beater, and a fucking parachute jumpsuit, you were a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and no one, no one in this fucking great country Protected by the talons of freedom. Went against that.
3: I'm gonna try to start making a habit of like writing down what we talk about, so I can... making good sound bites. No, no, that and like, so I had no what to put in the description because like this shit's good. <laughs> oh man, this has been brewing for two weeks.
4: The fucking bowl cut though. God damn it. Yeah, let's move on to the bowl cut. I like the nostalgia of this episode because I, I, I mean, I'll I'll be the first to admit. Not only do I miss my childlike innocence of the 90s or yeah. of my childhood, but I also really miss the fucking 1990s. I
3: really do. I've been watching the 90s on CNN, like the CNN special. How's that? It's rough because the first two episodes are nothing but 90s television. Yeah, but <sighs> fucking Friends was 90s television, and that Dude. shit's a classic. Dude, TGIF. Yeah. Fucking I my man. It. You go back and watch it, and you're like, Save by the Bell? See, I never watched. I, I watched Save by, by the Bell. I fucked with Save by the Bell. I watched
4: Save by the
1: Bell. I went back and watched my old Full House and Family Matters. Yeah,
4: Family Matters. We watched that every day. <sighs> Fuck. Did I do that?
3: Like,
1: like it, it, it's funny because when you're younger, you like you identify more with the kids. And now that I'm older, I, I, I so identify with Carl. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I just, Carl's my man. He's the, he's the one guy trying to keep the whole house together. He's he you know he's the patriarch, you know. He's you know he's out there earning living. Now, granted, you know, old uh, uh, Harriet she you know she's a working woman too. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and say that, but you know Carl's the he. Carl's the glue, man. He's the guy that he, he takes upon himself to keep that family together. All, all he wants is a peaceful house, goddammit.
4: And, you know, we have to point out the fact that he saved Christmas and Nakatomi Plaza, so. You are correct. Let's talk about that.
1: And, and also why is this guy why has this guy been so typecasted as a cop? He was <clears> in <throat> Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. He's a Hard one
3: and two as a cameo. Yep. Wasn't was, he wasn't he in um uh, loaded weapon? You know, I don't think he was. Damn. I don't think he was, but he... But, he, but that came up in my memories today, by the way. Th- that I
1: watched it. <laughs> Is that the one with Charlie Sheen? No. Uh, uh, well, yeah, no. Charlie Sheen has a cameo. It, it's Emilio Estevez yeah, yep, and Sam Jackson. And, but and it's, 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 it's big... just like Hot Shots, where right. it's just
3: parodying everything.
1: Action movies. Le- uh, you know, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard. There's actually a scene where the heli- f- f- yeah, they're parodying one of the Lethal Weapons, where the helicopter uh, blows up his trailer on the beach. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, they get the wrong trailer and it blows up and out of the rubble crawls out Bruce Willis wearing a white flag. He's got like, oh, he's got a white flag. He's like, what? (laughs) He's like, and and then the dude in the helicopter is asking, is this 1214 Hollywood Boulevard? No, this is 1213. 14's not that way. Sorry. No problem. (laughs) <laughs> I,
4: just, <as> a, <laughs> I watched that on like Stars or like Showtime like six months ago. I had no idea. That's the first I, time I'd ever seen it. I had no God. idea it
3: existed until about two, three years Everything ago when he in told me that movie me is it. a fucking gag. Oh yeah, it's great. He gets out of his
1: car. Emilio Estevez in the very beginning, he's wearing his cowboy boots.
3: He looks
4: rough in that movie too.
3: Yeah,
1: but he throws in a cigarette, puts it out, throws in a cigar, He had me
3: so hyped on this movie that I just went and bought it.
4: You bought it? <laughs> yeah,
3: I, it's upstairs. Damn it he threw he throws down his pipe
4: yep
3: puts it out <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then he walks inside and it's this like mini mart <laughs> run by arabs <laughs> and he grabs a cheeseburger throws it in the microwave goes to look at the magazines and all of the inserts for the you know subscribe now you know uh all the ads and everything and by the time he's done like they're like piled up to his shins <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is that how long he was I remember
4: looking? that he's flipping through them and they're just falling out <laughs>
1: and they have like the security cameras are just looking over his shoulders and he looks at them and they look away <laughs> everything is a gag and, the, and then it, like he ends up like in a shootout with these guys trying to rob the place they walk in grab pantyhose put it on the counter the guy goes will that be it he goes actually he opens it puts it on and then he tries to rob them
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets in a firefight with, and he gets like this big machine gun They fly through the front, you know, window of the store. He's like, I know what you're thinking. Did did he fire three hundred and seventy-three or three hundred and seventy-four shots? Well, to be honest with you, I lost kind of lost track myself.
4: (laughs) I I just I just miss I just miss shit like that.
3: Well, it's stupid slapstick comedy and they they you really don't get anything like you did back then
1: well no well because back as i said with this movie and then with also with like mel brooks movies and then with a lot of the national lampoon movies everything is a gag yeah
4: well and then everything and then you had great stuff like i don't know how you guys feel about them but the beverly hills cop stuff (laughs) yeah i mean i fucking loved I, i fucking loved beverly hills cop yeah my no, wedding party it. my wedding party came down like into like fucking kicked a door open to my reception to the fucking Beverly Hills Cop theme song. Do, 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 do,
2: do, yep, do, do,
4: do, do. and then I fucking walked down to the Imperial March. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like
3: what a shift you
4: <laughs> you had Beverly Hills Cop. You had all you know you had Adam Sandler in his heyday, which maybe hasn't aged so well for people like you, but I still think it's you know that needs to go in the fucking Disney Vault version of comedy. Um Beverly Hills Ninja the stuff about <laughs> I that. Love that movie Black Sheep Tommy I Boy I mean it's just
1: you know Chris Farley
4: I mean he was just it, it, like Starship Troopers man Yeah and what I love
1: about that is that Starship Troopers is also directed by the same dude uh Paul Verhoeven he uh, he also directed RoboCop Mhm and the, those two movies actually have a similar feel about them because they're both parodies and but they're parodies um, of a certain culture like RoboCop is a parody of the 80s of the business 80s everything's corporate everything is going to these big business you know, big, big business types in these big cities and quite literally RoboCop in itself is actually a pretty serious plot right but there's when you watch it it is it, it like it is a satire of its time period.
4: Especially watching it right now. Like, and
1: absolutely. Like, in that Maybe back
4: then you wouldn't have noticed it so hard because you yeah. were so involved in the culture. But watching, watching the original RoboCop today, because I watched, it was another one that was on like Showtime or Stars not long ago. I sat down and watched it. It's
3: like watching like, American Psycho.
4: Absolutely. I mean, it is like, how could you, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I remember watching RoboCop as a kid and be like, man, this movie's fucking badass. Yeah, He's a robot cop. Like, that is so cool. (laughs) But, I mean, like, as an adult in the 80s, how could you not have have picked up on that satire? Because up until, you know, recently, I have never heard anyone label the movie that way. It's just an an 80s action movie. That's all I've Mm -hmm. heard anyone ever say.
1: No, no. Like, you watch that movie, and it's very aware of itself and it's humor. It, it, there's no way that you can watch that and not laugh. There's a scene, I very iconic scene in the movie when they first introduced Ed 209. Mm-hmm. It's in a board meeting. Right? This is going to be the future. This is this is this tank. It's walking tank. It's going to clean up the streets of Detroit for us to start building our new city. So, they're going to do a whole presentation. So so the senior vice president, Dick Jones, brings up this young, impressionable executive, you know? and I'm like will you help me out yes sir right of course he's like gonna be <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, the senior vice <laughs> right president. away and then <laughs> you know they have a loaded weapon they have a like, like a pistol a monster of a pistol right. too.
4: it's a beefy boy
1: and he goes and, and they're like pointed at me he goes now pointed it at 209 it and of course it's automated Vroom! you know it's like you're violating penal code such as such of a you know Hostile weapon. Right. You know, you have 20 seconds to comply. Basically, you have 20 seconds to throw your weapon down. He throws it. He doesn't hear it. So then he gets more aggressive, and he basically starts counting down. Ed 209 is equipped with, like, Gatling guns, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. And
3: Gatling gun.
1: And he's, like, trying to run and hide, and they, they push him back out away from the board. Like from, like, from the big table. And it just lights him up for 20 seconds. Boom, oh, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And I'm talking high caliber rounds. Yeah, yeah. He ends up flying through the air on top of the model of the new city that they're going to build. He's just getting, like, in the unrated version, still getting shot at. And then, <laughs> finally, like, the, the ED-209. And they're just like... And one guy goes, somebody going to call a goddamn paramedic? Oh, <laughs> my like, God, what happened? And then this, And then the president... Old man. That's, that is his actual name in the movie. He's just old man. Dick. Very disappointed. <laughs> it's just a glitch. Minor setback. <laughs> you call this a glitch? He slams his fist down and goes, we're six months away from construction. They <laughs> Don't give a fuck about this nope. kid. Nope. Getting gunned yeah. down in their boardroom. And it's funny because then the other guy sweeps in. And he's like, hey, I got this new program called RoboCop. Get a presentation ready in 20 minutes. Meet me in my office. So he sweeps in underneath the vice president. Hey, hey, I'm moving up in the world. It's the whole business acumen from the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he runs. He walks out with his partner, with his other executives. Like, see, that's how you do it, man. You see an opening and you go for it. Like, he's going to be able to get you. Man, fuck him. He dropped the ball and I was there to pick it up. And was like, yeah. Sucks about Kenny, though, huh? Well, that's life in a big city.
4: <laughs> getting gunned down in a boardroom
1: yeah. by a tank
4: by a giant robot tank
1: <laughs> and like oops this movie's full of that <laughs> this movie is full of it where you know there's actually a serious story with the character with the robot with you know with the robot cop character and his family and him losing his family him losing his memories but not his feelings right he, he gets flashes of memories he's like what is this why am i feeling this i know that he's basically a He's a, he's a machine whose mind is wiped, but he's starting to get his memories back, which is what I liked about the reboot. One of the few, few things I did like about the reboot is that they reversed it, mm-hmm. where he was a he had all his memories and everything. Like, what am I going to do? Oh no! And then he starts losing them as he's getting more. Yeah,
3: reboot.
1: I liked the reboot. It wasn't bad for like because what I liked about the reboot is that it did exactly what the first one did, and it was a satire of our current way that we do things. The whole Fox News, uh, mm-hmm. Sam Jackson type thing, with where where you have like a news thing that's like feeding in, and it's not so much of news uh, like as it is opinion, and that's another thing about Starship Troopers, which started off this whole diatribe. Uh, when you, the 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 Starship Troopers movie really satires uh, like hyper government mm-hmm. and hyper globalism and everything with with everything that you watching be like news and everything being government owned and everything. It's,
4: do you want to know more? Do you want to know more? Oh yeah,
1: it it it's it, again. It's an awesome movie with big guns and bugs,
3: but it... and
4: and tits. Let's talk about yep. that too. There's tits. I uh, got some of those.
3: So that came out what year? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. yeah ninety six right. or ninety seven. Casper Van Dien. It was it was Caster my first
4: Van Dien. That son of a bitch mm. with that chin and that forehead, man. Dude,
3: he looked like a damn action hero, like oh, yeah, in the making did. back then, didn't oh, yeah, he? Oh, yeah, he did. That was the that was the first my first attempt at uh, fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> for
0: writing
1: Starship Troopers.
3: What? And it was it, it was very short. Why you like, never told me this? Because I, I just I'm just not remembering. Oh my god! <laughs> it it was like literally one page.
4: Oh, was it nothing but tits? <laughs> no. <laughs> you got no. You it, got like it, halfway down the page it. and just started drawing like the most voluptuous
3: fucking <laughs> no, bodacious. There's no. some '90s terms for you. Bodacious, bodacious. <laughs> boobs. Like uh yeah. no, I was writing it like as if like kind of like a like a, a, like a star it, uh, like a captain's log type thing like
4: <laughs> okay i thought you were going to say you were writing it bug pov
3: <laughs> bug pov here
4: i am i'm <laughs> no
3: i was writing it like uh, <laughs> kind of like it, like <laughs> journal entries i was writing it like journal entries yeah. and uh, which is i that i was in i was in first grade in 97 so that's yeah, awesome like writing from a journalistic per, or journal perspective as a first grade. I wrote a RoboCop
1: story in first grade. <laughs> nice. nice.
4: I wrote lots of Jurassic Park stories in first grade.
1: Like we had to write it like a short story and I, I wrote it like, here, okay, so here, I'm in first grade watching RoboCop, right? And I'm like, yeah, RoboCop shot the bad guys and they gave him a medal. <laughs> <laughs> Like they, like, they were stealing stuff from the store. Robocop showed up and shot them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> all I can remember from it was, uh. so I was writing, like it was a journal entry, and I, I had like several different entries, and they were both short because I didn't know how to write like in length. First grader. <laughs> so all I remember is like, oh, yeah, the bugs or the arachnids uh decimated this city. And then like we're working on an ultra nuclear nuclear... <laughs> nuclear,
4: yeah, right, right.
3: N- nuclear bomb. <laughs> we're we're going to get the
1: bugs. We're going to bring our freedom to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. For their nuclear
3: armaments. They're going to the <laughs> <laughs> get the heritage. They're going to get the heritage.
4: So, on a side note, while we're still talking about Star- Starship Troopers, did you guys know, that you guys just kicked both of those back in perfect unison, and I've never seen anything cooler in this room. <laughs> Not only did you guys lean back in tandem, but every motor function was identical. It was in unison. Anyway, did you guys know that Starship Troopers is not only one of the most successful, but one of the greatest sci-fi stories of all time? Really? Yeah. Look up whenever you feel like it when the original Starship Troopers novel was written. Pretty sure it was in the 60s. Okay. But it might have been before that. I'm not entirely sure. I might have my dates off, but it has been around for a long time, and there is a lot of them. There is a lot of Starship Trooper books.
3: I am intrigued. You know the most. U- Here, I'll just
4: look it up while, I'm, while we're talking about it. Go you ahead. know the most
3: used and recycled uh, plot line is the "I Am Legend" plot line.
4: Yeah, I talked about that.
3: Oh, that was you. I thought that was Joe Rogan. No, I talked Shit. about that. <laughs> on,
4: I talked about that on Journey into Comics.
3: Oh, where, where <laughs> "I Am
1: Legend" is like a remake of a remake. Yeah, it's like a remake inspired by a remake of the original
4: movie. I'm I'm pretty sure, and I might have my dates wrong on that <laughs> one too, but I'm pretty sure that original story was written in the 30s.
3: Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I could have swore that was like on the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> that I was- <laughs> Okay, so Starship Troopers,
4: the first book originally written, or originally published 1959. So we went to the moon. This book was published November fifth of nineteen fifty nine.
2: So
4: um, Robert A. Heinlein, written in a few weeks in reaction to the US suspending nuclear tests. The story was first published as a two part serial in the magazine and fantasy and science. Fi- I'm sorry, the magazine of fantasy and science fiction as Starship Soldier, and published as a book by G P. Putnams and Sons in December of nineteen fifty nine. So, just a second. So, obviously, there was a film adaptation. Dark Horse Comics and Mongoose have made comic books based on it. They've done a animated series, yep. like a 99. Uh, the animated series. Was that
1: Rico's Roughnecks? Yep. That what that's
4: called? I'm trying to look because I know. I know I have looked before like on amazon to buy some of these books i know there's more than one but like you ever watch something that there's only like one of or play a video game that it's like it's niche in the genre and you're like god i have i gotta have more of that yeah i gotta find books i gotta find tv i gotta find a movie you know i've done that a lot with mass effect i want something similar i want more media. Similar to Mass Effect.
1: I've read all but the last book from the original trilogy because mm-hmm. that one was the last one that, uh, and it wasn't written by Drew Carpition. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was one of the lead writers on Mass right. Effect from the beginning. And then he ended up leaving. Yeah, yes, because he also worked on Kotar. He's he also worked on the Revan books. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the Dark books. Yeah. yeah. I also got the Resident Evil books. Oh man, I was a big fan of those. And what I like about those is that it, you know, like they have the books that are adaptations of the games. Uh, but what they gave the author, they gave her kind of like some freedom to interpret it. Well, her
4: last name was Perry, right? S. D. Perry. S. D. Is, Perry. Is, is yep. The yep, 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 yep.
1: And then, so of course, the you have the original. Of course, the the like the first book is the first game, and of course, like with that one, you have two characters, right? Chris and Jill. And when you play as one, you get one story, and you do the exact same stuff, and but you have a different side character, like Barry for Jill, or uh, Rebecca for Chris, mm-hmm. and then like it round it rounds out to where like you get to save the like one of the other people, but you don't get to save the other like four, those four people survived that that incident, but in the games you never see all four of them together, and mm-hmm. the books they they actually change Converge. it to where like both stories are happening at the same time, and then she did original stories in between some of the uh, game adaptations where you had like different variations of zombies and doing stuff. they uh, Some of the side st- stories kind of focused more on characters that aren't main characters. She even made some new characters. Mm-hmm. And and I really like that because then she was able to kind of really weave these new stories in and out of the main narrative.
4: Caliban Calvin Cove was one of my favorites. Caliban Cove, that was number two. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Caliban Cove, they focus on Rebecca. And it, it, it happens right after uh, the mansion, the first... Uh, the first game. And then the third book is actually the second. Uh, that one's City of Evil. It's like the third book is the second game.
4: Yeah, It's interesting. I'm going to go through the whole book series right now because you, you reactivated a section of my brain that hasn't been active for a long time.
1: I, I, I got those in 2007, and I was in a really big Resident Evil kick and was playing all the games. And I'm like, I need more. Just like you said, and I, I found I found the books and I got them really cheap on eBay. Other than Zero. zero wasn't in that bundle. I had to buy that one separately. I have
4: them all. I bought them as they released from Barnes and Noble. Like I had them call, like I pre or I basically pre ordered the books. So as they released, I remember getting a call from my home phone from Barnes and Nobles hey your books in okay you know i'll be there when i can and they would hold my book for me and i'd be so fucking excited oh, yeah. cuz i started reading those books around the time that the original resident evil movie with mila jovich came out mm-hmm. so i i mean i had the books and the games and the movie and everything just fueling
1: and it's cool because all three are kind of different because mm-hmm. you have the games version of the narrative the movies are completely separate but then the but then the books are kind of like yeah we got the narrative down but here's some other different interpretation of it and I, and I like that a lot
4: but part of the reason I liked part of the reason I like SD Perry so much she also wrote a lot of aliens universe mm. books so she wrote one in 93 96 98 and then again in 2008 she did some AVP stuff in 94 and 99 early and, mm-hmm. yeah and then she did so kind na- of coming off the comic or something 1998 she did book one the umbrella conspiracy mm-hmm and then ninety eight also, she did book two. That's Calvin Cove. Man, that's that, really early on for that series too. That was her first original story. Ninety nine, she did book three, City of the Dead. That's Resident Evil two. Ninety nine, she also did Underworld.
1: Uh, that was another um, original uh, that that took place after
4: ninety or two thousand nemesis yep she did nemesis 2001 she did code veronica so that came out right around the same time as Mm -hmm. the game and then in 2004 my favorite book she did zero hour which is basically the book version of resident evil zero because as far as the resident evil zero is my favorite in the series second to resident evil 2 because i really like the character of david
1: That's his name, right, David? Mm, Wait, the... the
4: Handcuff guy. Billy. Billy, thank you.
1: David, Billy, you know.
4: Yeah, well... Generic names. Yeah, generic names. (laughs) Uh, Generic action horror game movie book. Billy.
1: I actually saw some... uh, There was some footage posted up on YouTube of the original N64 build of the game. It was really cool to see that. Man,
4: I bet that was spicy.
1: It was very (laughs) Resident Evil 2-y. Oh, yeah. Because it's probably on the same engine.
4: But... I I I second everything that Brandon said about these books. If anyone wants good, just good, medium length novels to read, they are all fantastic. S. D. Perry was a fantastic is a fantastic author. Um, but what I was getting at is, there's a lot of stuff that I have searched for, like an extension of whatever it is, <clears throat> and I can't ever find it. And start like. So sci-fi is my favorite genre of media, you know, fantasy's obviously up there, but it's hard to beat sci-fi because it's everything that we have now, except cooler. Yeah. Um, and you look at a lot of the, the like New York times bestseller sci-fi novels today, and they always, always always guaranteed, always list Starship Troopers, the original novel in 1959, as one of their inspirations. You know, they obviously throw in, um, you know, all of the sci-fi greats. But that fucking Starship Troopers book is always in there. And I could never understand why. So, I mean, it's just fucking cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Something that was written in 1959 is still fucking relevant. Yeah, hell yeah! I
1: mean, there's a lot of works like that that mm-hmm. you know, and whether it's books or, or or otherwise, people are still looking back to the old like old cinema and being uh, being uh, inspired. Like a lot of the a lot of the things that were done with robots and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah with uh, what's that movie? Old movie was that Metropolis?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that movie uh, really set a tone for like the 60s and 70s when it comes to using robots and and even animatronics. And everything like that, going forward with that. So it's kind of cool.
4: Well, that whole vibe of, you know, this is the world of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, that all mm-hmm. that all kind of just bloomed in the late 50s, you know, at the start of the Cold War. Uh, the Cold War. The Cold World. The Cold World. The <laughs> second, the ninth Ice Age. But at the, at the very beginning of the Cold War, you know, p- post-Korean War, and then you've got that uh, that powerful movie like Metropolis. Could you imagine seeing a movie like Metropolis in the theaters if you if you were alive in the 50s?
1: And it might have been even before that. Like right. It might have been in like but, the 30s. But
4: you know what I'm saying. Like,
1: Mind blown.
4: Like, mm-hmm. fucking, that's a robot. <laughs> that, 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 that robot's moving. <laughs> that that, that male man's walking and talking and doing stuff.
3: I'll be bamboozled. I don't know why, but you talking about the cold, you, you said cold war and I immediately, I, I know what the cold war is obviously, the but the cold war, or cold world, cold war. Okay. But I saw in my head pop civil war, which today at work. Oh no. <laughs> John <Go figure. laughs> and Joe, oh, they no. work together. Oh no. They heavily dislike each other. Okay. Did it, it's did very,
4: John get a skin flake in his mouth. <laughs>
3: No. Okay. They're working together, Thank and God. Joe's 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 been on vacation for the last week.
4: I know he fucking blew my phone oh. up the whole time.
3: Oh, I'm um, wow.
4: Hey man, what was that food you told me I should eat? Okay. Oh man, I tried it. It was great.
3: Well, you can get into that. In a I second. tried this too. It was great. You can get into that in a second. But uh, so before they left, we like John was they they were at each other's throats, passive aggressively.
4: Can I can I interject and ask yeah. this real quick? Is it sexual tension?
3: Maybe, <laughs> almost. Okay, proceed. Um, but today they were working together, and I was and and I, I was pleasantly surprised to hear John um, teaching Joe. Oh, he was giving him a history lesson because John is a huge history nut.
1: It is like um, he is so into it that once you open the floodgates, once you've started it. It just goes
4: like you and like you and I talking up on station 14.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah. It just it, you, it. you
3: get all the details and all the information.
1: He can't condense himself. I once I once condensed his statement
4: about how he can't condense himself.
3: Uh huh. We call him John the unabridged.
4: OK, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, uh, he like
3: time stamping dates and shit? Dude, yes. Oh, uh, you're going to get a taste of him this Friday. Oh, at least it whether you're, if you're here or if you're watching live. Is it the first G O T? Yeah. The the or, Episode 00. Oh. G O G O C or C O G O I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, we decided I just read a lot when the trailer dropped, the Game of Thrones trailer dropped, uh, and he just started just once again, the floodgates open. He started telling me about it, I'm like, Okay, I want to do an episode just for the trailer now. <laughs>
1: so, he has dissected it, he has gone through
3: Scene by scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, frame he by do, frame.
1: He doesn't do anything half-assed when it comes to things that he's passionate about.
3: So there. Joe and him are working side by side on Station 11 today. And Joe, for whatever reason, started asking John about the Civil War. So John was giving him a full-on history lesson on the Civil War. And I, I, I of course, brought it up to him later. I'm like... So I, was, I saw you and Joe were uh, having a good old time. He's like, <laughs> he rolls his eyes. And I was like, well, what was that, John? He just, dude, I, I don't like to pander to idiots.
4: <laughs> dude, I like this guy.
3: But he was like, he was like, but he kept asking me questions. And of course I wanted to answer them because it was about, it was about my subject. It was, I, I love history. So I was like, "Yeah, dude, that that's awesome." Like they that, bonded. I was like, "That's that's really awesome." I wouldn't expect Joe to ask questions like that. I wouldn't expect him to ask like to be inquisitive on a subject.
4: Oh man, he did it to me all the time up on Station 14. He asked me like the 40s and 50s, really, like, World War II era oh, America. Like he didn't fucking stop. So the moment you said he started asking John about the Civil War that whole conversation played out in my mind because he did it to me
3: oh yeah and then John, John was like I yeah, kept asking me stupid questions like so what what broke the camels back like why why did it start and John's like really <laughs> was it like Fort Sumter yeah <laughs> he's like you know what that is right and I'm like yeah South Carolina like duh but like to me I wouldn't think to ask that question I'd all I all I think to ask about is like... or I, don't, I actually don't think to ask any questions about the Civil War because I know all I need to know about the Civil War. It's a time that
4: in America, at least modern day, we've pretty much chosen to forget. Yes. We as, forget as a society.
1: What, we forget what got us there because there are certain things going on within, within our modern society that are like the scream echoes of pre-Civil War. Era. Absolutely. And it... It, it it it's amazing how much we choose to forget any of that and cuz it's
4: not convenient to remember
1: well no because i mean it is one of the more bloody periods in our in our nation's history i mean when you think about it every single person who died you know that day was and is now you know still considered an american so um i mean granted uh, i have the opinion that the confederates when they left you guys are, tre- you know, you guys are, you know, committing treason right mm-hmm. now because you didn't get your way. Essentially, there'd be a you know, the Democrats are being crybabies.
3: Opening the bomb.
1: <laughs> oh, here we go.
3: They it- don't exactly explode. The thing is, is I'm, I'm opening the double pineapple fresh fruit. Uh, it just, it, when you pour it, it just, it's all be, head. It, it's all head.
4: You just made it worse. What? You did? How? That's what you do. You. You, in, you introduced turbulence to the carbonation inside that, the CO2 that's inside that can. You just put force into that can, disturbing the CO2 inside that can.
3: Well, I'm learning something today, folks, because I've always... I'm I've not always, a fucking
4: physicist,
3: okay? <laughs> I've always seen people, like, when you don't want a can to explode, they flick the tap. They flick I've the tap.
4: I've never seen any data backing that.
3: Well, I mean, so I've, I've always I've, I've just seen it, it happen. I've just seen people do it, and then it doesn't blow up.
4: <laughs> you just did a uh, micro version of dropping the thing on the ground.
3: Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. It's we'll probably, probably going to be all it makes, head.
1: It makes candy bars taste better when you drop them on the ground.
4: Is that why that Butterfinger was so fucking good? It might have been. Did you I, run I, over it with
3: your car? <laughs> <laughs> it um, Look at that. Look at that. Nice little crack. I can hear the crackle. It's not even opened all the way. I just, it's just the initial crack.
4: Lick it. You should have just licked it off like a cat.
1: There you go. So he brought up Joe Rogan, and just recently Alex Jones is back.
4: <laughs> oh my god, I have waited. I have, I have like, strategically waited to watch that episode. It's like five hours long.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I, I made it about an hour and a half in.
3: I made it forty-five. I minutes. had to kind
1: of tap out because I want to go further because it gets better. It gets better as far as ha- how angry he gets.
4: He takes his shirt off at one point, doesn't he?
1: I don't know if he doesn't this one.
4: I'm pretty sure he takes his shirt off.
1: But basically, the whole like the, a lot of it was him like kind of defending himself and all this kind of th- you know all that kind of stuff.
3: I got so tired of it, I couldn't listen to it anymore. But somebody was brilliant
1: because right the episode before Alex Jones was Doctor <laughs> Phil, and they edited Doctor Phil's interview with Joe to be with Alex and him like them responding to each other. I want you to bring that up. And we're going to watch that on on air because this is that good. I played it for Blaine. Go ahead and talk about it while I set up a scene. Absolutely. I'm Um, listening. But they did it. I'm not sure if it's the same guy who did this before, but somebody did it with Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan, where Joe Rogan interviews Joe Rogan. I've seen that. And it's it's kind of like that. But whoever did, like, because when Alex was on the show, he quite literally would bounce from topic to topic. And he would hit you with four things. This is this, this and this, this and this this, this, this is this. And Joe's like, dude, you need to calm down. That's four different topics. And basically, all Joe is trying to get is like, how do you know? What is your proof of this? Oh, it's in literature. Read it. I'll get you the books. I'll get you the books. I'll even put note tabs in there. It's, like, it's in our, it's in literature. We have it. We have access to it. And it's some, um, some of it's pretty out there shit. I don't like, I've already gone, uh, I've never done so on this show, but I've gone on record. Like, Alex Jones is a crazy nut. There's, he, about 30% of what he says is true.
3: Here we go. Let's get some full years screen ago action.
4: They had cows that
0: produce human milk. 20 years ago, they had spiders <laughs> that produced body armor, spider goats. Okay. They have human animal hybrids 30 years ago. They've got giant human tissue farms. That's where you lose me. BULLSHIT! Seriously? That's it right there. You, every time I bring up a fucking subject, you know all about it! Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, 25 years ago, they had human-animal embryos, but they killed them at the embryonic level. Man,
5: you need to go back to the... No, embryo. no,
0: no. I believe it happened. Stop saying I said it's
5: it okay didn't happen. It's okay to talk about it and not be ashamed of it. It's, it's okay. If you've got anxiety, <laughs> you got PTSD whatever, it's okay. Let's talk
0: about it. Let's get help for it. Get it behind you and move on. To, to talk about 12 dimensions, 11 known, 12 being omnipresent, so we don't say it actually exists. To say that is arrogant, so I won't say that.
5: I just, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> understand that. that. I listen to your interviews, and you're naturally very curious. You don't struggle for the next question. Because you exactly. really want to know something. That makes it much easier. But, yeah. You know, people... Go and find these things on the internet. About
0: human-animal hybrids with pigs and cows? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> That's a bitch.
3: <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <It's wrong laughs> <against pigs>. Whoever <laughs> did this was just because flawless. Was
0: where every night was a DMT trip. Okay. Short term, it can be an alternative. Seen people on everything from opioids to mood elevators for years before you decide to, the lie to your Do not say that. I'm gonna get killed. I mean, you, need to, you need to get away from, you need to get away from No, they want the organs. You know, I I can't answer that in terms. I mean, I'm sure there's research. Of... aliens are real, they're creating. Human-animal hybrids that are a new creature, never here on Earth. It's alien. So the aliens are already here. AI is alien. The chimeras are alien. also
5: very smart business and branding that's gone into that as well. You know, I, I know that you're all... <laughs> Dude,
4: <laughs> this is gold.
5: Now I want you to prepare an argument for the other side. Black, pe- black people are God, and white people are the devil. And we're going to kill the white people. You're really going to throw them off the charts now. <laughs> <laughs> the <MBS. laughs> that you're now making hyperactive. <laughs> it's
0: electrochemical.
3: Okay. the,
0: of the Baltimore Sun. <clears>
3: throat> throat> Holy shit, that's fucking good. <laughs> Finish it. It's fucking... Uh, it, 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 yeah. Like, if if that conversation were to genuinely happen... It would be just like that.
4: <laughs> I think you would see Dr. Phil get mad a little more often. yeah, because I <laughs> I'm at a weird place with Doctor. I, I mean obviously I, I'm with Brandon on everything that he said about Alex Jones. Alex Jones in the beginning was putting forth some some pretty uh, controversial but like make you think type information. And then all at once it was, you know, lizard people. I'm going to have sex with your daughter. I'm going to take my shirt off. And it just, it, it just, I mean, it very quickly was like, I'm pretty sure that I've seen like a satire of this before where there's like aliens watching us as a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. And this is what we got going on right now. But and, it's,
1: and they and then that's when they uh, they deem us like not uh, not worthy
2: of right. their interaction. Yeah. Now not let's intel- give it another couple centuries. No
4: sign of intelligence. No sign of intelligent life. But Doctor Phil, I mean, people can say what they want about him. He's a TV personality, like all the rest of them. He's playing a character. I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna take away any of his credentials. Um,
3: Have you listened to the Doctor Phil episode? I, no, I haven't. It's really good. It is. I'm quite I'm, excellent.
4: Dr. Phil and Alex Jones are my next two to listen to because I have spent the last month trying to get through the Elon Musk episode, and I can't do it.
3: I like that episode. I can't do it. I like that episode a lot. Once you get past a, a certain point, uh, the conversation gets really interesting. I'm an
4: hour and 20 minutes in, and I can't do
3: it anymore. It's a three-hour one, isn't it? Yeah, I can't okay. do it. I, it's just awful. All right. Is he still under review? For, oh, I don't know. For losing his uh,
1: his security clearance for the government? Because he took a puff.
3: Because he took a puff where it was legal. Fucking and that, that
1: causes a suspect right. on his
3: mental sanity.
4: I mean, it is it is the, the, the reefer madness. The
3: devil's lettuce.
4: The, the fucking reefer madness, man. It's going to get you.
3: Jazz cabbage. The jazz cabbage. <laughs> jazz cabbage. It will but, that will be my f- favorite term forever.
4: So when I worked uh, nights and days going back and forth, the days off that I had throughout the week, a lot of times I would get up. At, you know, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, or I would get home later on that afternoon from watching air or from running errands, and I would sit down and watch Dr. Phil. You know, I watched Daniel Bergoli, Cash Me Outside. How about that? I watched they, that. They talk live. about that. I watched that live.
3: They discussed that. Um, He, he didn't even remember her name. Really? But he remembered Cash Me Outside. No, he remembered that, and he's like, I don't. I didn't expect it to blow up like that. Oh, I've seen that clip. Yeah, uh, but and then he 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 talks about how he brought them back. But he, if you if fuck you, off, Calvin. If you get what? if you get past a
4: lot of the you know stage actor type stuff that Doctor Phil has to say, and you watch some of the tougher cases that that guy has dealt with, guy's pretty fucking smart.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Listen to the listen to that episode. Oh, I, I that's, like, think you'll really like
4: that's the it. next one that's the next one on It's a the, very the it's playlist. a very uh
3: mellow episode. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's not not a lot of excitement, especially like the way Dr. Phil talks. I mean Well,
4: and that's what that's part of what I was going to point out. When Dr. Phil needs to get excited, he gets excited. If he if, oh, yeah. if you if he if he is taking his time to say, "I think based on my <laughs> professional opinion that you have" this problem, or these problems. I am doing my job to educate you on what is ailing you or what could be ailing you. And if a guest or whoever he's talking to basically tells him to fuck off, you're wrong. You know, you're a you're a fucking croc. You know, you're just a whack doctor or whatever. He is very passionate about what he's doing. He wants to help people. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, obviously, yeah. obviously, he's making a lot of money doing it. Sure but he's still being legitimate.
1: And he's got to know that there's going to be some people out there that are going to come on just right. to seek fame. They'd, like they said about the cashmere Side girl and her mom and how like they sent the cashmere Side girl to like her little rehabilitation center. And uh, they got With the horses.
4: I remember watching that.
1: Yeah. And, uh, they got word back that she was doing great and she got back and it all fell apart. So he invited them back on and, uh, they got there and there was an audience and they were, Oh, like, I
4: watched that. I watched that one live too.
1: And he's like, they had nothing to say because there was no audience to paint her to. Mm-hmm. He goes and is just like, there it is. You know, it, was there really a problem? Maybe, but they they weren't concerned about the problem as much as they were concerned about getting famous.
3: Right. She has her own show on Snapchat now. That's a thing. They have shows on Snapchat now. They're like they're in like presented in like 20, 30 second clips. And is it
4: just her twerking all the time? And no,
3: shit? it's it's really just her and her mom arguing and then uh, they're still
1: arguing after she paid her mom's it's, house off
3: it's, it's really stu- well not that she paid her mom's house off and then bought a new one like they got they got this like nice little mansion now and she's got a bodyguard and, and they still can't get along it's it's really it's really stupid I, I, I it, it just popped it's up America. and uh, hey subscribe to this and uh, I was like okay this has gotta be good
4: <laughs> like I gotta go tinkle I'm gonna go tinkle and subscribe to that Snapchat. Be right back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you do what you got to do, man. I know. I'm, I'm. I've got a beer and a almost full Coke coursing oh, through well,
4: me. I've, I've had three drinks in like five minutes. So
1: <laughs> while he's gone, I guess we'll start. I'll start talking about the concert last night.
3: Yeah, I forgot to even bring that up. Holy shit! And I'm, I'm wearing the shirt. You're wearing I'm, it. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah. So went to saw Metallica last night. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot
1: of people in there. How far away were you? Um, like I was in section 111. Yeah. And it, it was like the section above the first section that has like seating. Mm-hmm. So like there was a whole section of like above us that were like the nosebleeds. When we were like, I, I, I was like right in the middle.
3: Yeah. And how was that from that? Oh, dude! The uh, I could see everybody. I, I, they weren't specs. You you weren't you weren't relying on the jumbo screen. No, no, I could see them. And um, here, I'll show you a, like a quick picture. I guess the way that that place is set up, it, it would make sense that cause, I mean, because they usually have yeah, they usually have like basketball games there, and mm-hmm. you can very clearly see things no matter where you're at. And yeah, place. no, no, the layout was
1: pretty cool. Um, their stage is really neat because their stage is in the center. Yeah, and of course they have like they have like these light cubes, which it's easier to just show you.
3: That's the same place they played in like ten years ago with yeah. Lamb of God. Yeah, was it Lamb of God and Slipknot? It's been remodeled Lamb since then.
4: I'm pretty sure the last time they played there, it was still Kensico Field
3: House. No, Jennifer, you haven't missed it. Keep watching. <laughs> oh, oh
1: God! Anyway, during Moth into Flame, they had these little remote control moths that came out of the stage. Fuck they yeah! They circled around their head, and they all went back down into there. They're all individuals, and they all went back down like, like into there, so uh, they're all programmed. Cool. Uh, those big light boxes. It's kind of might it might be difficult to see, but they've all uh, they've got like all bunch of signs for like uh, strips joints, and, and, and they're used for different like designs for each one, and they have raised and lower cool uh, the only pyro they had they had flames for fuel and for fight fire with fire uh, and you could actually feel the heat when they woof
3: my uh, my friend Alan uh, who's drummer for Arcos uh-huh. formerly Drench yeah. uh, he, wor- he runs he works for Purdue running sound there uh, his boss gave him tickets there so he was hanging out with, fuck yeah he was hanging out with the sound people oh hell yeah like oh, yeah, hell
4: yeah, man, hell uh-huh. oh, hell
1: yeah, man. Oh, hell yeah, oh, hell yeah man. man. So there was no opening act. It was uh, Jim Brewer was kind of the opener MC,
3: which
1: <laughs> which was hilarious because he was cracking jokes. Uh, you know, he's talking to like, look, I'm gonna tell you, I saw the band in 1985 opening for Ozzy
3: Osbourne. <laughs> I remember him, I remember his Slayer joke. He, he went to the Big Four concert, and he's like, and then Slayer came. And it's like there was a horn a horn sounded and it says, Release the slayer fans.
1: <laughs> you know, he <laughs> talked about them being older. He's like, he's like, don't worry, it's not that you're too sitting too far away. Kirk really has white hair now. Okay. <laughs> James, he looks a little bit different, like he could be on the set of Orange County choppers. <laughs> like, give me fuel, give me fire, somebody fix that time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
4: I love fucking Jim, bro. He,
1: he was having a good time. He, he found the youngest person in the audience, uh, six. Nice. Little, and he got him. He brought the kid on stage. Oh, that's bad. He got drumsticks. Um, he was he was declared the 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 like the new prince of heavy metal. His name is Damien. So nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, uh, like then he like encouraged all of us to chant in unison 20,000 people all hail the new metal prince Damien. and then he found the oldest guy he was 80
0: nice holy fuck fuck yeah there was
1: one dude there was one dude that was close he was like he was like 68 you know then this dude was on the floor fuck and, yeah and, and, and then this dude was like <laughs> doing this he goes what's what you been doing out there pal out there freebasing <laughs> the dude was like dude, you look like flea <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> Well, like the first dude he said, like he was only like 50, 50 something. And, and he looked like Jerry Garcia. He nice. goes, he was like, I didn't know Jerry Garcia was still alive. <laughs> and then, um, and then the guy that was 80, he was, he was sitting, um, in that first little sitting section. He was like, dude, man, you look like you're about ready to like serve donuts. <laughs> like, you like, 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 do you have a bakery? And then he got both those, uh, that guy and then the flea guy t-shirts. Fuck yeah. And those guys. And. It, it took a little bit because he came out a few times and like kind of hyped us up a little bit. And um, then Metallica came out. Of course, what did they open with? Hardwired. Uh, of course, they played, which, I mean, this is my first Metallica concert. They did Long Way to the Top. Mm-hmm. They, they played the whole song, and then it went right into the, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Ecstasy of Gold that they always play. They've been playing for that for decades. Man,
4: that fucking instrumental... Ecstasy of Gold is, is just, in my opinion, one of the greatest fucking instrumentals ever.
1: Oh, dude. It, it- I mean,
4: I remember, I remember in the, the early 2000s when 93.5 played fucking Ecstasy of Gold like every 30 minutes. And that is the only time in, in my memory... That an instrumental has been played more than once, like a year, on a major radio station.
1: It, it serves as like the greatest, like, getting you hyped up. Oh, yeah. You know, is, because it's one of those things that starts here and it just kind of builds and builds and builds and then crescendos. Yeah, they, and so they, are, they, they started with Hardwired, and then they went right into Atlas Rise okay. from, the, from the new album. They played a, quite a bit from the new album. Uh, if I Could Be Picky... I would replace one of the songs with a different song, but they just started playing this other song live, like two other times. Really? So I'm okay with it because they're like, Hey, you know, we want to start like diversifying, you know, we want you like basically for their sets, they have certain songs that they play at every single venue. And then there, there, there are spots on the set list that they just go "Mm, something else here, something else here, something else here. Mm -hmm. And so the set list, was the ecstasy of gold hardwired atlas rise seek and destroy ride the lightning?
4: That's my favorite ever.
1: The unforgiven. Now that we're dead, with extended middle drum section, there was a point where they uh, they all stopped playing their instruments and they had those little light boxes. They had, they had these sticks and they were basically like we were seeing stomp live, <laughs> like <laughs> and they all had like it was just thunderous. You could feel it there. Like I will say, like the mix was very well done. That uh, they're probably one of the better sounding mm-hmm. bands. You know, I'm we'll, we'll, like it's gonna be difficult to say whether or not this is my favorite live show I've ever been to because I've seen Iron Maiden, and Bruce Dickinson is a fucking beast. Right. No pun intended. Madman. So uh, after that was Creeping Death, then For Whom the Bell Tolls.
4: Mm, so good.
1: Which was awesome. Nate made mention. Uh, <laughs> To me last night. Oh no, yeah, because I cause, because I ran into Nate at the show. We actually ran into each other right near the beginning when we were when we were in separate lines, but we all merged into the same area. So I ran into uh, like the Pod pa Daddy, Padre, Podfather. Podfather, Pod Father, Pod Father. I call him Pod Daddy. See, Padre sounds. I like Padre. <laughs> I think uh, Padre works good.
4: You just got a new nickname, Nate.
1: But. uh... You know, we saw them, and then I right after security, I kind of lost track of them because then uh, there was another sort of like meeting of the groups to get your your like your ticket scanned, and then I went right to the bathroom. I had to piss, and then I went right to the merch line. I was in the merch line for it. Honestly, it was a it, it was a it was a long line, but they were they they had like seven or ten different people working the merch. Really. So like
4: that's smart. I hate it when you go to a concert and you go up to the merch table and it's like two people I uh, know that have the little fucking cube and 90% of the time it doesn't work. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, a, your card's just not working. Yeah.
1: I was worried that mine wasn't going to because I brought cash to get a shirt and ended up having to just put it on the, I'll put it on the credit card because I was $5 less in my wallet to get this shirt yikes uh but since i got done with there i found out where to go went up found my seat nate never saw me during the show he was like i think you were sitting above me i'm like i could look across from you and see you like i it was literally like i I was here looking down over there i could and i knew exactly where they were but um anyway after for the bell tolls, here comes revenge Hmm. from yeah that was the one that i was like i probably could have done with um one of the other songs from the album. Not that I like hate that song, but I like other songs more. I like uh, "Dreaming No More" is a great. Mm-hmm. I love that that song has such a reload feel to it. And uh, after that was, uh, they did like a little Kirk and Rob thing where they were playing like local Indiana uh, stuff. Pe- cool people from Indiana. Nice. Where they were just jamming and kind of sound- sounding shitty, but they didn't give a fuck. And then they played "Hit the Lights." And then they did Fuel. Then they did Moth into Flame. Which, for some reason, I thought that was a lot earlier in the set. But I guess not. Uh, when, 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 they, when they went to go start Moth into Flame, this was the really big mess up of the night. Lars was counting it down. Kirk jumped right into it. And they all like...
0: <laughs> and they're
1: like, ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Hammett. <laughs> it's like, we all get one mess up a night. We all get one. And then it was sad but true, one master of puppets, you know. And then for the encore, fight fire with fire. Nothing else matters. Enter Sandman.
4: Oh, they didn't do Harvester of Sorrow.
1: It, it, uh, it, it God see- damn. They for some of them they they swap out uh, like Creeping Death, From the Bell Tolls, Unforgiven, Ride the Lightning. They they've swapped out um, uh, fight fire with fire because I've seen them where they come back up with the encore with battery. I've seen them come back from the encore with spit out the bone. Uh, just going through the set list, and there's like you know other songs like unforgiven, and then there's like the memory remains, mm-hmm. harvester of sorrow. You know, er- every time they go to a new place, they try to like, all right, which ones are we gonna do for this place? I and, dig that. And so like I like that because of course they're the ones that they've really chosen. Like okay, there's no way that we can get out of time without playing Sandman or one or master of puppets or seek and destroy. Mm-hmm. So let's find a spot for them. I like that they did seek pretty early. It definitely set like you know, hitting two new songs and going right into Seek and Destroy and Ride the Lightning. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Go all the way back. I want to see Ride the Lightning so bad. That was live. What I will say, okay, so even though I said Kirk messed up, solo wise, Kirk was on it. Unless he was playing to a tape. That <laughs> that dude was nailing these solos. And I will say that like he was on point. I would I would dare to say that in some in some instances the unforgiven's a hard song to play live. Oh yeah. That has got to be, be because because then you're not protected by distortion or wah or anything to hide little flub ups, you know. Because a lot mm-hmm. of that song is clean, you know. James has a guitar strapped to him, and then he has to play an acoustic on like a mic stand. So he's doing the best he can. Kirk's then doing the best that he's got with a clean guitar, mm-hmm. and so it, a couple spots in there, I it kind of sounded uh, okay, a little rough, but I accepted it because it's Unforgiven, and I'm seeing Unforgiven live, right? Which you know. They play it, but it's not one of the most commonly played songs from the Black Album. They would much rather play, like, Wherever I May Roam or... uh, Oh, man, I want to hear Don't Tread on Me. Don't Tread on Me. You know what? There was one of them, one of the shows I saw on the tour, they played Through the Never. Mm. (laughs) And also, I've also seen one where they played um, um, the track three. Um, Oh, man. uh, Holier Than Now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're really fast. They sounded fantastic. Their mix was fantastic. I love their stage show with all those boxes coming up coming down and making different things. there was a scene where Kirk or Kirk, I'm sorry, Rob started doing the anesthesia and the box. Some of the boxes came down. It was all just like cliff on the boxes and.
3: They played anesthesia. And how
4: was Lars? Lars sounded fine he sounded fine. He didn't have any meltdowns.
1: No. I mean, uh, it, it's hilarious because like he was, um, he, he was, he was on, he, like er, everybody was pretty much on form and I, there's not much that I can say other than a few things and the nitpickiness that I noticed. Lars is not the best drummer in the world. Right. No. But I mean, I also liked the mix of the drums cause I didn't feel like they were too loud. You could feel that bass right in here. Even, even back where I was. So like, it, like, with like here in one when it kicks into that double bass part at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they had like all the strobe lights going off for that. It's damn near like a religious, ex- like like a religious experience. If I, I can, Oh, if, if
3: absolutely. Can I mean, I had I don't know. I can I can't count how many friends that I had there. Me and too. It, it shocked me how many friends I it had. It really but.
1: sucks that, you know, I could not get a ticket with somebody. And I was just surrounded by people I didn't know.
3: Oh,
4: you went totally by yourself? I was
1: by myself. I mean, again, I ran into Nate, his sister, and his dad. So it was cool to like bump into them. nobody else I knew. I didn't recognize anybody. It was all just like there were like like there were some people that, that I met near the end where they were standing waiting. I could have swear that they were from New York. <laughs> I'm like, <"What?" laughs> You guys come all the way over here? <laughs>
0: But uh,
4: yeah, I, I got I got really. It's part of the reason why my my brain's kind of fried mm-hmm. t- today because I got so down last night when I started seeing you and Nate posting pictures because Skylar and I had the opportunity to go. Yeah. Um, you know the Krieg Devault level. You know what I'm talking about, like in Banker's Life. There's a specific level, the Krieg Devault level, mm-hmm. where you, like, if you go up to the second level all those doors that you can open up to not necessarily go to like the box seats, but mm-hmm. to go to the, the cordoned off areas. Yeah. Through Skylar's work, I can get tickets to pretty much any concert there. Oh, cool. I could have got basically box seats for a hundred bucks. Hell yeah. And I couldn't go cause I had class at union ship.
1: It, you know what? Uh, they last came to Indy 10 years ago. I missed my shot. There was no way that I was going to miss it this time uh tickets were pretty expensive they were even more expensive on the aftermarket people trying to sell them and that place was freaking packed 20,000 people i've never been to a concert with that many people mm-hmm. and it's really cool because then you have like you got uh, your tickets at taxmas last year didn't you i got the tickets the day they went on sale last year when was that it was after taxmas okay yeah oh no yeah no, i, I no. remember it was like it's been like years no, yeah, no. But they went on sale nearly a year out, and the day they went on sale, I, I didn't have time to contact. Hey, man, if you front, I'll front it, and you just pay me back. You know, I didn't have time.
3: Your boy was Strange in- didn't hook you up with some tickets. <laughs> hey,
4: Brandon, this is Strange. <laughs> Got some tickets for you.
3: You know what? I'm really upset because
1: the this last year when when they did the uh, giveaway for the Injustice for All remastered, it, you had to call in at like three o'clock. And we, we we're always working at three, so I couldn't call in like, "Hey, Strange, <laughs> like, did I get it?" Oh, Brando, not today. Try again
4: tomorrow, man. Not today, pal. Yeah. So here's a here's a thing that I learned from my buddy that went and struggled through the concert last night. Mm-hmm. He wins concert tickets like every week. Because he sits at work, listens to the, the, the radio giveaways, mm-hmm. knows exactly at what point in the song to call to win the tickets. He wins every week. And he said, yeah, a lot of times if I don't win, I just call the day of sh- day of the show like, you know say if it's a Saturday, I'll call it like noon. Hey, did anybody win the tickets and not come pick them up And 935 has given him. Over a dozen concert tickets.
1: Just for just checking in. Because just
4: calling have... saying, hey, has anybody picked up their tickets? Yeah, they, they never came and picked them up. You've got until 3 p.m. to come and get them. All right, I'll be there.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Because so the...
4: if you guys ever want to go to a concert, the 93.5 is giving away tickets. Call the day of, See if you can get them.
1: Hell yeah, dude. I will say that if you get a chance to go next time, go. These guys are getting older, so they're not touring as much. When, when they do go out, it's almost like for like a two weeks at a time. And they now sp- they're
4: doing a fucking Australian tour, right?
1: With Slipknot. Yes. Oh man, that yeah. They sent me a presale code.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: to, for me to go down under.
4: Let's go down under, Brandon. Dude, I wish Not I could. Not down on each other. Down under, meaning Australia.
1: I mean, what happens in the <laughs> what what happens in the sky stays in the sky. Right. And that's a right, long flight. Right. right. Uh, but no, I would seriously, I would love to see Slipknot open for Metallica.
3: Yeah, it'd be sick. Are <laughs> Are we gonna go to the Slipknot Obie concert? <laughs> Cause I, I, I really want to go to that The only downside is Volbeat I it, really hate Volbeat It
4: can't be fucking worse than the, the Five Finger Death Punch concert that we went to It can't be worse than that
3: I don't know, I really enjoyed that concert
4: The concert was fun But, but the, the, the crowd was not fun
3: Oh, I don't care The crowd the crowd at a Slipknot concert's is not going to be that bad uh, and, and Volbeat, whatever it's just Volbeat. I hate Volbeat. Okay, well I like Volbeat. I genuinely hate Volbeat. So the music's cool. I hate his voice. So before we
1: actually like, before they actually had the band come out, they actually tried to get everybody in the crowd pumped up and singing, right? So they played some classic metal songs to have, every, and they put the lyrics up on the. Uh, oh, on the Pelotron, nice! And they get they get twenty thousand people singing, uh, like uh, oh well, it was Ozzy Osbourne
4: the Moon no
1: maybe it was Black Sabbath uh, it, it, yeah it, like it was War Pigs it was Black oh, Sabbath oh yeah it was War Pigs they got us singing uh, Judas Priest oh, fuck another yeah. thing coming got us singing uh, Pantera Walk fuck yeah got us singing like Run to the Hills um, yeah it, 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 it was pretty cool I it was funny I was waiting in line like to get into the place to, to get my ticket scanned and they were playing music over the, you know, over like over the PA, and I heard a Megadeth song start playing, and everybody reacted.
2: Mm. Oh, Ooh.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's fucking blasphemy at a Metallica concert. Yeah, they were playing Skin on My Teeth, and it was oh, like, Oh, that's my favorite." Joe's here. Yeah, he says, "Quit hating on Volbeat." I'm so, I, like, I like the music. The music for Volbeat's pretty badass, <clears> but <throat> it's just his vocals. <laughs> I hate that. I like that better than... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs>
0: that's better than... That's
3: if I want to listen to yodeling, I'll listen to
0: Jewel.
3: Jewel is the thrash that. metal of yodeling. <laughs> <laughs> Jewel is thrash yodeling.
4: I thrash her, Yodel.
3: <laughs> Dude, she still looks good.
4: Well, let's let's get back into the nostalgia a little bit in the fucking <laughs> late 90s early 2000s in good conscience. You can't tell me that you weren't like watching a Jewel music video like god, I'd break I didn't my, know who Jewel was I'd at Fucking the time. break my dick off in that. <laughs> I did not know who Jewel was, was at the time. I was every time.
1: Oh man, I remember in like, I was in choir in middle school, and we had to sing a Jewel song. Oh, yeah. Really? I'm trying to remember which one it is. It, 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 was, it was one of the more, one of her more popular ones. Uh, these hands, or my mm-hmm. hands are small, I know, but they're not yours. I remember the teacher got so pissed off pulling her hair out because we were saying not chores. Not chores. Because they're not chores. They're not chores. They're not yours. Enunciate. You little fuckers.
4: <laughs> Come on, you fucks. <laughs> we started in unison. There was about four of us today that sang Nelly Furtado. Oh, just, boy. Just totally acapella, impromptu, just out of nowhere, started singing some Nelly Furtado. You know, I just want to throw a random random tidbit out. If I had a delicious-sounding singing voice, you know what it would sound like? You know whose voice it would be? Who? Bjorks. <laughs> if I could sing I I would want to sound like the male version of Bjork (laughs) think about how fucking great that'd be think about how fucking metal Bjork's voice is not (laughs) but throw Bjork's voice in with some fucking metal behind it I'd fuck with that oh man
1: oh boy
2: I
4: broke Blaine. <sighs>
1: <laughs> Show was good. Show was good. I'm yeah. glad, man. I'm glad, yeah,
4: I'm glad I'm glad you, glad you guys win. had a good time.
1: Uh there were they're probably like the last band on my must see before I die or they die list. Uh all the other bands that are out there that I haven't seen are ones that I would you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't see them, but as far as like must haves, I think they're done now. Uh because I, I got to see Black Sabbath, I got to see Iron Maiden. Got to see Metallica. Mm-hmm. I'll never see Pantera. That's never gonna happen.
4: You I'm know. that way with Alice in Chains. I can't. I I can't. I just can't go see them now. It. it, it I mean, it, it's not gonna mean. It's not gonna mean what it should mean to me. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't dislike the new stuff with and, Alice in Chains. And I don't, it's a new don't, band. Don't
4: though. get me wrong. I don't. I don't either. It's just. I mean, to me, I'm not a Nirvana guy. I, I've gone on record on saying that. I've gone on record on this show saying that, um, but going to see Nirvana right now would just be like, man, well, why didn't I just go see the Foo Fighters? Mm. Well, I mean, let's be could, honest. Like,
1: would Nirvana be, be fronted by Paul McCartney? Because he's done oh, that. God. They've done like Nirvana with Paul McCartney. Fuck where he's Paul like, McCartney. Interesting. They're. I don't think they're playing Nirvana songs. <laughs> I think they're just. <laughs> I think it's like. Uh, it's just they're
3: doing some other shit. A little supergroup style. I'd say, yeah. I have. Two bands that I can think of right now on my bucket list, uh, Metallica and uh, Mudvayne. That's one that's going to be interesting to see if that ever really happens. If it ever happens again. Because I've I've basically seen damn near every band that I've loved. Mm -hmm. And I've been very fortunate in that fact. Like, even down to, like, little, um, like... Not so big bands, but little bands that I know that I fucking love, like like Threat Signal, like Affiance, uh, like my good friends in uh, Across the Sun, mm-hmm. like they're, they're, and Rest Repose, like little tiny
1: bands. You know, there were moments, there were times that I would have done that for Megadeth. I think that time has kind of gone and come and gone. Uh, if I if they're on a bill and I'm there, I've seen them now. Yeah, you know, if if they're if they're on a bill and they're, there, I will go see them. It, like, if we're at a thing where there's two stages and there's like this band or Megadeth, I'll probably go to Megadeth. But as far as like go check out Megadeth, I'm there. i like, uh,
3: I don't know. Metallica okay. is the only remaining big four band I need to see. Uh, I haven't seen any of them
1: other than Metallica now. But the other band, uh, like that uh, on that list that would have been on that list that no longer is uh, really is Dream Theater.
3: Like mm. at, at one
1: point, I would have like loved to have seen them live. That'd but, be cool. And and I'm not gonna I'm not dogging on them, and I'm not saying that it's because Portnoy's gone because I think Portnoy's a fucking dick. He's a great player, but he's a dick. Uh, and I'm not saying that I would not enjoy the show. I'm just saying that like I'm not as into the band as I was at that like ten years ago or whatever you know. Now like if they're like, hey, Dream Theater's coming to Lafayette, and I'd be like, uh, what day is it? <laughs> like if they came to Lafayette, I, I would be like, uh, "How much? What day?"
3: Yeah. Do you guys hear about Aaron Lewis? About yeah, me? he got he, got, uh, he walked heckled. off. This is the second or third time this has happened. This tour, where he walked off his own stage because the crowd was being too loud. Well, there were these there was a couple guys I guess that just kept talking and kept talking,
1: and they were I'm not, I'm not sure if they were heckling, but he was trying to play a song and he actually stopped and asked them to stop. Like, you guys have been talking all fucking night. And then he, he's like, I don't have to be up here doing this. I can leave. And then I can't remember what song he was playing from Stained. He goes, you know what? It's fucking ironic because this song is literally me saying thank you to all of you. And I, and I can't even sing it. So, yeah, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And he walked off stage.
4: That's sad because I've, I've, I've had the, the privilege and that's how I'm gonna stand by saying it that way the privilege of seeing him live um, I've had the I haven't had the privilege of seeing stained live I have but I have seen his I solo am. stuff I have too, actually. and his solo set because I, I don't think it's changed very much since the first time I saw him but it was it was incredible I mean he
1: plays a lot of like of his own uh, new original country stuff some stained stuff and then also see he, he does some like some really cool old country covers mm-hmm. and stuff like that that he pulls out of the hat.
3: I'd really like to see him live in his in his uh, acoustic sets. Well he's, well, he's so relaxed, he's so laid back. It's, it's, well, it's such a different vibe.
4: I paid twenty five bucks to see basically a stained concert without it being a stained concert,
3: which you really should see. I mean, you won't be able to now, right? But, uh, um, I saw their. It was their last tour. It was they were tour. They're still touring on uh, uh, their self titled. The mm-hmm. last album they did, obviously. Uh, and it was Uproar Festival. And holy shit, was it such a good time seeing Stained play all the songs that I fucking loved. I saw them in 06 at Mayday. They headlined
1: Mayday. This was that 2012. Year. This, this, this it was 06. It was them and 3 Days Grace back when they were still hitting it hot off their second album, I think it was. Good um, album. But, 1X. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think early Flyleaf was there. Ooh,
4: Man, I would have loved to see fucking early
3: Flyleaf. Um, Lacey Sturm's such a bitch, though. Yeah, they're uh, all bitches. Ten Years,
1: is that the name of the band? Ooh, yeah.
3: My friend Luke is drumming for them. Oh, cool. But
1: it was, you know, this was Stained. They were touring off of Chapter 5. as is, is Yeah, other? 2005, 2006. Yeah, yeah, so they were touring on that, so they played a lot from that. They, of course, played the, like all their big hits. And I'll never fucking forget uh Aaron's guitar tech at the time used to be Dimebag Daryl's guitar tech. Mm-hmm. So he came on stage trapped on the guitar and they played a song in tribute to Dime.
2: Fuck
3: yeah.
1: And they played this love where Aaron was just on vocals. Oh
3: yes. I've heard that cover. It's good. I've heard I've heard their cover of This Love and I've heard their cover of uh Sober. Um, that's cool. a good one. You know what's funny? I saw you today. Um uh, was like like
1: like normal people after they first get exposed to tool, and it was a it was Donald Trump's like I'm like a really smart person <laughs> <laughs> yeah I saw that so I saw that.
4: so speaking of that, like my bucket list concerts is really tough because Pearl Jam doesn't tour that much anymore um I've seen them once before, but I feel like that's not enough I feel like i feel, I feel like I, whenever Pearl Jam announces their final tour with as much controversy as they had in the 90s with Ticketmaster and all that bullshit, you know, it wouldn't feel right for me to not, not be a part of their final tour. Um, and then uh, Temple of the Dog was my number one bucket list, and uh, we lost Chris Cornell, and yeah, it wouldn't feel right just watching eddie get up there and jam without chris so that's off the table Metallica's obviously up there and tool i mean that's that's my bucket list
1: i if metallica ever comes back around i'm gonna make it my goal to go back and i'm gonna make it my goal to try and get other people to go fuck yeah because
3: it first i about went to this one but. for
1: for as for as old as they are for them to still being able to play at the level that they're playing I mean, some of these songs are fucking hard to play. Right. Even for like like a young dude on guitar learning these these picking rhythms and some of these fat. I have no doubt that they forget that shit and then they have to sit there and go in the tuning room.
0: Oh yeah, that one. (laughs)
1: You know.
4: (laughs) Well, you gotta you gotta think too. The the vocal strain. You know for for damn near you know forty years forty plus years of fucking live singing voice. Yeah.
1: I heard a couple times where he kind of like kind of (laughs) squealed. (laughs) Where <laughs> he was like, but I mean, the thing is, you're in a live setting. You're seeing one of your favorite bands live.
3: Well, that's one of the things. One of the reasons he went to he did he got vocal training during the Black album or before the Black album. because well, well,
1: so, because he blew his voice out. Yeah,
3: because he, he. So you you'd think he'd have a much better control of it by this point. Yeah, but I mean, uh but I just mean age. I mean, to an if, extent, if you yeah. take if
4: you take. Any of the guitars that are in the corner of that room and don't ever change the strings and just strum the fuck out of them for forty <laughs> some years.
3: I mean, you're absolutely right. They're
4: gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna struggle a little bit. They're I not have, gonna sound I the same. I have no doubt
3: that he has a
1: that he has a cool down period that he goes through afterwards where he's like, yeah, don't talk to me for a while.
3: I mean, vocal cords are or vocal folds as they're referred to now. They're they're much different than guitar strings. And I I, I get what you were trying to say, but. Uh, they at least heal and replenish themselves.
4: The body can only heal one object so many times before it mm-hmm. doesn't heal it anymore.
3: Depending on how far you strain it.
4: He sounded pretty
1: good uh, for the most part. Well, the, the thing about a Metallica show is, and and, and that's what's what was so cool about it is that like he actively encourages the crowd to sing. Fuck yeah! And he tries to like, like so master of puppets. There's like the whole pre-chorus at one point. We sang it come crawling faster, obey your mouth. And he, and he was going to sing, and he just went, take it. And he was just like, come on. And then at one point, I don't remember, I don't remember what song it was now, but, it, but, he, but he, he stopped playing guitar and just picked up the mic. Said, all right, the, the, you know, this one's on you. You know, yeah. you do it. You know, like, like, you guys do it. He wants that. That's awesome. Number one, is probably less work for him. <laughs> less work on his voice. But then again, it's like, you have 20,000 people who love your music this much? Just yell and scream it back at you. Mm-hmm. That's got to be like an adrenaline thing that I can't even describe.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, just think. I mean, just think about not even the adrenaline, but think about how, as an artist, what kind of a feel good moment that would be. Like, I have to. You know, you you brought up the oldest person in the crowd and the youngest person in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I have touched. I have touched people's lives. We. Have touched people's lives for over forty years, and this guy's eighty, and he's fucking—he is taking what time he has on Earth yeah. to spend it with us. And this little boy is six; he's got the rest of his life to enjoy what we've created. And I—I I, I just think that's fucking badass. James
1: interacted with another kid uh, that that was eleven. He was like, he's like, he's like, how old are you? Like, like eleven. He's like and then he was just kind of talking to him and just kind of be like being really cool and like like you're 11 and you're at the front row at your first Metallica concert
4: fuck yes
1: <laughs> yeah james is really cool uh, you know, everybody sounding great i would encourage everybody to go if you've never seen them live to go do it of course they have countless dvds countless live albums yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't capture the magic when you're in the moment and, and it's funny cuz it didn't really fucking hit me I was watching. It was great. It was interacting, You know, doing all this stuff. And it didn't fucking hit me here in the heart for this being the first band that I ever got into on this level. They introduced me to a whole slew of a new, uh, different subgenres of the metal genre. It wasn't until like the middle of Master of Puppets, where they do the little breakdown, mm-hmm. that it fucking like that I got emotional about it. And I'm like, motherfucker,
3: I can die. <laughs> That goes back to what you were saying. It's a religious experience. Yeah. Like Metallica. I mean, they're not just a band at this point. They're, they're not. It is a religious experience. Well, like they it's are funny. essentially the gods of metal at this point. Well,
1: and it's funny because like at their live show, they make it a point. to hammer into everybody. It's like you are all here. It's like we do not care what you eat we don't care who you voted for. We don't care what you have in between your legs. We're all united by the love of music and we are all family. Yeah. You know. You it,
4: can't I mean from from an artist, you can't ask for any more than that. You just can't. For for like people can say whatever they want about the genre of music that we like. You can't talk bad about metallica because they are they are the gold standard of of what an artist should be they have had a lot of ups they have had maybe more downs than they've had ups as far as as a group and as far as uh, you know group to fan base and all that and they're still here they're still providing nothing but quality music and they fully embrace their fan base and they're very humble and understand that we have to be a family otherwise we can't have shit like that anymore.
1: Well, and and it's funny because I remember you uh, you said just a few minutes ago about how like you've been anti-merch for the last few years. There are so many different artists and so many different musicians that are coming out now and they're like, yeah, dude, Lars was right back in the early 2000s about this whole music thing changing now. Like, he took the brunt. He was he was the one that was, like, on, on the news with the big list of the usernames, everybody that stole their music, you know. He took the brunt of it all, even though you had Madonna, Dr. Dre, other people who were like, yes, this motherfucker, we're with him. But they weren't the ones that were right. getting interviewed or going in front of Congress yeah. or anything. It was Lars Ulrich. And granted, he had nothing better to do at the time because the band was in shambles, but... He, he's like, we need to protect ourselves and our business because mm-hmm. it's going to change. And that is one reason why merch is being so important, even with a band like Metallica, because like he, they now own themselves. They, had, they were lucky enough to have made enough money in their career to be able to buy their stuff back. Right. That is millions of dollars.
4: And you've got bands like Creedence Clearwater Revival that for the rest of time, <clears throat> will never own any of their shit nope. ever again
1: that was one thing with Def Leppard mm-hmm. Def Leppard doesn't own a lot of their masters that's why they were re-recording them uh-huh. you know I've said the same thing uh, with Iced Earth and then he's like I want to re-record some of this stuff because I want to actually own it because I will never be able to afford Sony uh, Sony Entertainment's not just going to give me my music back they're not going to they're, oh, no, they're in this to make what little money they can off of my music and that's the price that you pay when you sign a music deal Uh, to get, you know, published and put out there, but uh, the merch is what the the touring and the merch is what keeping is what's putting money in these artists' pocket because they're going to make a, they're going to make a cut and some money off the album, depending on how big you are, you know, that all varies. Right. But it's the merch that, you know, it's the merch has been rising, but so has the cost of them being on the road. When I, when I bought this shirt, this shirt was $45. That's a bit steep for me. <laughs> I don't like to spend that much money on shirts. But I was not leaving that place without a shirt. And when I saw the stage production that they put on and how intricate it is, I'm like, I can see why. Because they're paying all of these people yeah. to go on the road yeah. with them. They're, they're paying people to rub them down before and after shows. They're paying people to get their their, their clothes ready, to get them make sure that they are dressed at a certain point. Pl- this isn't just a band on tour. They, they, they have to have an itinerary right. to, keep people, to have people hired to keep them on track to make sure like they are micromanaged to a T because they have to be. Because how, how easy would it be to be lost? Right. And get lost. Oh, crap, I need to go do this. It, so they have all these people on hand, mm-hmm. the And they're a much bigger production, but when it goes down to even smaller bands, for, the, for those that aren't making the squillions of dollars that maybe Metallica makes, or, or that, should I say, that they are recouping, from buying their own shit, and then also the failure of their film, they spent like thirty million dollars on that film, <laughs> and so they they as they're trying to make up for that, obviously. <laughs> and, and and
4: definitely let me let me um, backtrack a little bit and rephrase my anti-merch statement. Uh, perfect example when we went to the Breaking Benjamin concert uh, yeah. this past summer, there was a flannel that I pointed out to Blaine, a flannel shirt with their logo on it it was 85 dollars okay yeah that's that's unnecessary now absolutely now yeah. will i will i buy a t-shirt absolutely i just don't want to wait in line for two hours to buy a t-shirt
1: i got pretty lucky you know
4: that's that's my anti-merch
1: i got pretty lucky i got in the merch line at 6 20 and got to my seat probably around 7 10
4: so you were in line about forty minutes, well, give that, or take.
1: With the mixture of like, I had to actually walk to my seat and find it, and, and that was a that was a bit of a bit of a trek because of how big the place is. Right. But all in all, it wasn't too bad. Uh, they had, um, I mean, so how yeah, some of the merch stuff. Like there was like a hoodie. They were, there was like $85, 90 bucks if you go higher to the two X.
4: I'll pay ninety bucks for a sweatshirt all day. Um, but a flannel, a flannel shirt. Come on now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, $85 is ridiculous. They did have uh, – at every city they
1: go to, Metallica has custom artwork for the city.
3: Ooh, I didn't know that. Uh,
1: so I don't I, I don't remember what all the ones they had for Indy. I remember the one that was kind of a mock-up of, like, the Pacers logo where it had, like, the yellow circle with the Metallica star emblem or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so they do that for every city they go to now. Wow. So that's kind of cool. They Every every event has its own poster. With artwork, I don't know who they commissioned to do it all, but you can buy the poster for like forty-five bucks. That's or cool. It's like a pretty high quality. It's not a huge poster, but it's a pretty high quality little poster. And then they actually, um, if you scan your ticket on MetallicaLive.com, you get a free download of the show that you that, that you went. To.
4: Oh, that's cool. So that's that, badass.
1: That'd be really neat to go back and re-listen to it to see if they cut any of the interaction out with the crowd. Yeah. It was just the music straight up uh, because they didn't always go right into the next song. You know, there was a, you know, like a few little hijinks kind of going on. But, Hmm. you know, my wife sent me the grocery list.
3: (laughs) Oh, boy. I wonder Um, if Joe's still watching.
1: Okay. So, I thought she was asking for donuts, but she said, but she wrote, do not,
3: but it came out donut. (laughs) (laughs) Donut now. Donut. I don't know, man. I don't know. Joe Joe tends to like pop in. He lurks. He's a lurker. He lurks here and there. It's not every time. He lurks here. He lurks there. (laughs) Joe lurks everywhere. I think he's only lurking this time because Brandon's here. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. But uh. Disc Replay has vinyl. Joe, if you're here, comment. Not a lot, but they have some vinyl now. Cool.
1: Their whole new stock. It's like a whole new store, dude. They have like those like decorative tin stuff they have out of Hobby Lobby and shit.
3: It was pretty cool. Did you happen to see my like theory on what happened there?
1: I did, and it's not true.
3: No. No. Okay. No. Well, I, I'm, that makes me happy then. No, no. it makes me happy because the oh. owner was in there when I was in
1: there, and they were all like, like talking and like being relieved, and they actually took a whole like group picture for everybody who was still there. Yeah.
3: Um, for those listening, like uh, my my theory on so Disc Replay, they were closing. They said they couldn't make a, they couldn't come to an agreement with the owner. They were, the landlord. The landlord and they were raising prices on them. And so, miraculous. So, they, they decided to liquidate their entire stock. And my theory was oh, they, they had a bunch of useless shit that they couldn't sell in there. So, they were just liquidating their stock, fire sale style. And uh, then, oh, suddenly they're fine again. It
1: doesn't make any sense to do that because the dude has another store, he owns another store. Okay. Uh, that's why they're able to get so much stock. Back because the other store, I'm not sure where the other store is. I assume it's a much bigger city because, like, they were able to kind of restock the store fast.
4: Didn't you say there was one up north?
1: Well, there uh, I'm not sure if it's the same owner. The, the, the one up near Nate's and Highland, and then that's a really cool store to go to. They've got a lot of toy collectibles and whatnot.
3: <laughs> Insert Joe's Laugh, aka the Rumble Strip. <laughs> but, I mean, I went in uh, on Saturday
1: uh, after work. And to just look around. It's funny because, like, even though they have so much, I, I I went in there purposely because they were showing pictures of stuff that they were going to be getting, like, so, like, pop vinyls. And there was a an Edward and Einstein pop from Cowboy Bebop. Cool. Einstein's a very popular character <laughs> in our household. Both me and my wife love that little corgi. So I she, I she has, like, a little pop, random pop stuff like what Blaine has, where it's, like, Bob Ross and then, like, uh, Toothless and uh, Oogie Boogie and yeah. now Ed and Ein from Cowboy Bebop. So I went am, just Boogie for that. Boogie. But, I, yeah, they had some vinyl and um, had some old school vinyl, some Judas Priest. Uh, they had a Rush record in there. Uh, the Judas Priest stuff, there was one, uh, British Steel was in there and it was used, it was old. Uh, it was like 15 bucks though and it's just like, eh, I, I can get a brand new pressing of that for about the same price.
3: <laughs> Calvin goes, toothless? <laughs> 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 The, the one thing in there
1: that I found that I, on vinyl that I was like <gasps> and I'm like was angry at myself because I'm not I'm in a zero spending cannot spend money on myself this whole concert was pre-planned preach
4: it, it my man angry, preach it
1: angry again angry uh, anyway <laughs> so I found a blind guardian record Ooh. What? holy I'm, shit and I'm like and it's a colored one it's used and it, 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 it it's got like a I looked it up on the in the app and it's selling for 30 bucks. And I'm just like, <laughs> and it's like there, it's a record from like the early nineties. It was like it was some like, like the Lord of the Rings stuff is on there. Not Bard song. It didn't have Bard song. That was the album before that. <sighs> it, trust me. It. I was like sitting there cause I, I, cause I had the pop and I'm like, all right, looking look around for some other stuff, something else to buy other than one pop. Right? Because if you go in there, I'm not sure how long they're doing it. If you go in there and then you check in on Facebook and let try, try try spread the word that they're still around and that they're going to be staying around. They'll give you fifteen percent off.
4: Fuck yeah,
1: sweet. So then I'm like, so then I paid like face dollar pretty much for the pop. So it like I paid like nine dollars for it, you know. But I was looking around for some other stuff, and me being where I'm at collecting wise, the few things I'm actually on the hunt for, they don't have. Do
3: <laughs> so you find Joe in
1: there? No, no, but I did tell him. Um, <laughs> I told him about, like about the vinyl, though. Okay. A lot of the vinyl in there is kind of old stuff you don't ever want to buy. He you
4: want, you want more shit like the Independence Day soundtrack? Don't you have that? No, I have Top Gun. Top Gun. That's I what Top it was. Gun. And you get
3: the speed soundtrack for Nick. There you go. That that. See, that's <laughs> that's next the next year. step. Um, on
4: on what platform?
3: On vinyl. Vinyl. Well. Well, okay. Why stop
4: there?
1: We also need to find <laughs> the movie on video CD, which is a uh, format native to Japan. I, I actually have the Matrix on I wonder on if they have HD DVD. I never, see, I don't know if that movie ever came out on that. Ooh. On that. Yeah, see, we gotta find it. But um, they have a lot of Arch Enemy. Oh. Interesting. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. But it was just a matter of like, oh, cool, let me look at this. And uh, they have a ton of pops. They have way more pops than what they had before. Okay. They have the entire, like, Avengers series, like, in, like, in gold. That's oh, dang-
4: wow. That's dangerous. Don't tell me that. But, like... Nate got me a Venomized Hulk. Oh, that's um, nice. Nice. And he has, he has reignited my pop addiction.
1: I looked, and they had one Mass Effect Andromeda one, and I asked if they had any more, because I'm on the hunt for Garrus. Because uh, even if I don't get the other two, got to have my homeboy Garrus. And uh, he's like, no, we don't have him. But it, it's really cool. I'm very happy the store's sticking around, because this means uh, that the other place that is very, very bad to go she's probably going to go out of business good I heard uh, she tried to buy the place well she uh, the rumor was is that she was going to move into that same place because she can't pay the bills at where she's at apparently now this is all hearsay from Tim Tim is the guy at work he, he works at BBC he's our hookup with news on her because he goes in there all the time to talk to her and all that.
3: he learned station 16 today did he against his will because <laughs> Todd they didn't send us Todd so he they sent they sent somebody else to do quality gate and then I, we were left like what the fuck and so I was like alright Sam you're gonna learn 16 left yeah. <laughs> anyway makes me feel important <laughs> Um, we're starting to run a little long here yeah we are we're uh, still... you're a
4: little long we're
3: hitting it um, we are now at the 8 o'clock before mm-hmm. we before we uh, head out sh- should we do it Brandon yeah the triggering yeah I think we will. It's been a while. We've been feeling pretty good most of the episode. It's yeah. been a while since Tyler was triggered.
1: No,
4: look think, at him. He's scared now. I think goes, you're legit gonna. I should have waited. To I was. Get... I was triggered uh, at two hours finger. ago. Basically, I should
3: have waited to give him the butterfinger. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! I think you're legit gonna be triggered. Tell me. Lay it down, Brandon. Right,
1: we'll see. Here's and here's the thing. Is that? Well, like, you
4: see here.
3: Well,
1: he's like I. I was never. I was told the story.
3: So like I was too.
1: like, I was just like, so has, has a certain somebody that he used to live with ever ask you for advice? Yes. On a certain aspect of training, training, like raising, like
3: maybe a pet. Oh, absolutely. So some someone went on an adventure recently and we all wondered wh- where did uh where did the pet go oh no well we i was like i ah, probably just left it at his mom's and then other people were like no nah, i probably left it at home turns out so take the lead brandon <laughs> why <laughs> why <laughs> cuz i'm trying to figure i'm trying to come up with the words the words to vaguely describe
1: this well I mean it's essentially essentially we know that Rocky has some problems right right using the potty right yep and there was somebody at work
3: yeah yeah
1: somebody at work who who talked who talked to them and basically said that you know nothing about potty training a dog that you didn't know what you're talking about okay this is what this is what this person said to another person, the person that asked you for help.
3: So what happened was this. So he was discussing with with her what uh, was to happen and basically said, yeah, I'm just going to leave him in his cage. And then my nephew is going to stop by once or twice a day, feed, feed him and let him out and all that. Then she conv- basically convinced him to not, that, that was stupid, he shouldn't be in a cage all day, and um, the she I'm a fan of her. You're a fan. Okay, we're all a fan. She
1: has ovaries. <laughs> she's got a set of ovaries on her.
4: Yes.
3: Okay. <laughs> like no, I'm, we're all a fan because she's a genuinely like great person. Mm-hmm. Um, she don't take no shit. No, and so she basically said, "No, that's you. You shouldn't do that." Like, and so he's he. he he, con- he conceded and said, okay, you'll have free reign of the house. Either way, still being left alone and only being visited like once or twice a day? Like, what? So then she basically said, hey. She brought up the the idea of, hey, you, you really probably should get rid of him. You should probably give him to someone who can give the dog the attention that it needs. And, you know, he said basically that, you know, Tyler tried to tell me how to raise him once and i just don't think he knows what he's talking about Mm. Mm.
4: well um i'm not going to give him the satisfaction of of getting uh like hulk rage but i will say this uh as a person who has bred dogs who has raised animals of of all shapes and sizes um I've had pets that know how to brush their teeth better than you. And um, (laughs) when you you learn, and and this is me saying this as polite as I possibly can, when your dog goes 24 hours without shitting in your house, then you can talk to me about whether or not I know what I'm talking about. So I'm looking at you, floppy debit, snaggletooth, ear Dorito, Captain (laughs) Joe.
3: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, so, ex- it's extremely frustrating. I,
1: I, I knew it would set you off because I, I know that you do not like to have your integrity. Question.
4: Oh, absolutely. Well, okay. So I've given a lot of people advice mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I, I have a tendency to dad people. You do. And it's, it's not something that I'm trying to do to belittle people mm-hmm. or impose my will on people. I genuinely want people to succeed. I've had to fight for every scrap of everything that I have in my life. And I have done that totally 100% by my fucking self. Okay. Mm -hmm. There has been countless times in my life where I'm like, man, I could really use fucking help. Teach me something. But I've always had to do it by myself. And when I see people in need... Here's my take You're on it. That
3: help that you so desperately want. Here's
4: my take, and I might force it on some people, and that's fine. People can 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 call that out. But if you don't want the advice, tell me up front. If you don't like what I'm saying, tell me up front, because I'm giving you my take. Like like when we earlier when we were talking about the the, the beer when you flick the can. Uh-huh. I'm not a fucking physicist. I'm not a veterinarian. I'm not fucking uh, 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 I'm an explorer. I'm not an explorer. Like fuck, I'm a pioneer.
1: I'm kind of a retard. I'm kind of
4: a retard. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah. Like,
3: you you don't you don't got to drag somebody's name through the mud yeah. just because you didn't like what they were saying. Just because you didn't accept their advice and now you're you're paying for it i
4: don't I don't know I can feel it is my face the same color as my
3: sweatshirt it's getting there yeah, yeah it's getting there
4: so that that's me progressively getting more mad as I talk um <laughs> I, I I just don't get it you have you have someone who and it, and it's not even me talking about this situation right now it's just us it's as I get you um when you we as a species have a tendency when someone does something nice for us, we don't appreciate it, and then we shit on them just for doing something nice.
3: No, you gotta look at the source material here.
4: No, I, I, I get it. I'm just... I don't know. I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed.
3: But you shouldn't be surprised.
4: But I'm not surprised. That motherfucker's been talking shit about me since I started there. It's just... I mean, it's fine. Here mm. at Globo Gym, we're better than you, and we know it.
3: <laughs> so um, I mean yeah it is what it is when I when I came over to A-Line I started and I I, I, I was from B-Line so I, I would just to poke fun at my former B-Line teammates like such as Jennifer I would be like here on A-Line we're better than you and we know it oh yeah you said <laughs>
4: it while I was there
3: hell yeah I just don't get it no I, I none of us do none of us do like we we all have at some point tried to help said person who we've already said na- their name, but who cares? Uh, we've all tried to help him in one way or another, whether no matter what the advice is for. And he just nah, I don't, uh, and then and then he'll like go behind your back and just be like, yeah, he must trying to tell me how to live my life or uh, how to do this. But I, I don't I just don't think he's right. Like well, why don't you just say hey? Like
1: well, it starts off with him complaining. Oh yeah, absolutely about, about set well, about whatever, and then it just gets to a point where like you kind of get tired of hearing the the complaint. So then, or or you're actually actively trying to like lend a hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, well how about how about this? You know I've maybe I've encountered something like this. Try this, and it, like a lot of times it's either met with resistance. Like wait, like what? With what you were just saying, Blaine.
4: Well he immediately goes on the defensive for everything.
1: Or or he will just say
4: Whatever you want to hear to get you to stop.
1: Yeah. And it's just like I I I, I, I grow weary and tiresome of hearing people complain to hear themselves complain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? And rehearsed. Mm-hmm. I well when you tell us the different people the same story. You know, four times a day, five times a day. The thing is, is that, like, I try to do my very best not to bitch about anything. Unless it's something that is a story. It's, yeah. here's something funny, here's something you might find amusing.
3: You typically have genuine conversation. If you are griping about something, it, it, it's coming from somewhere.
1: Well, and it's, like, something that we can have a conversation about. Yeah. Not necessarily, like, like I have a problem and then you say something and me. Like, I stubbed no, my toe that. this
4: morning, ripped half my foot off.
1: And so like, I try to do my very best not to do that because I don't want to come off as like being bitchy just to be bitchy
4: or being needy
1: or, or, or there's that, you know, like Pity I, me, dude, I am such a enclosed individual. Like when I'm at home, there's the desire. Oh yeah. That'd be cool if I saw somebody or, or did this. And then I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like I'm at home I, I, I'm, I'm in my safe space like oh, like we were supposed to have company yesterday right we were supposed to have two friends come over and uh, two friends that really don't come over very often and, and like leading up to it I, I was pretty excited to, I had to hang out with these people I was I was smoked pulled pork and uh, and all that stuff not that we weren't going to do that anyway he goes, hey come on over there's going to be plenty of food you know and you know then so, 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 something went down and, and we were like well okay uh, we may or may not come, and if we do, it won't be both of us. Something we kind of had a bad day, and then at that point, I'm like, just, 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 just reschedule. At that point, and she's like, my, and my wife is like, oh, okay, why? I'm like, because I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. <laughs> uh, and, I, I feel you there, yeah. My man. As soon I do, as I, I had really that do. moment, it's like I'm not like in any way I'm not angry at them at whatsoever for them having a bad day and pulling out of plans. If anything, it made it to where that, that at that point is it was like I don't want the what if scenario of somebody's coming over. I want the I want to sit here and cuddle and be just like I snuggled up in my in my blanket on my chair, going, I just want to chill and not interact
3: with any other person mm-hmm. right now. So that that reminds me of last week. So last week for podcast fee, I did a solo cast. Yeah, uh, I was it was originally supposed to be myself, Matt, and another guest. Matt out of nowhere was like, Hey, I can't make it because of this legit reason. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I don't have the mental capacity to handle one on one right now. So I immediately hit up Tyler, like, can you I know I know we agreed that every other week, you know, you one one with Matt, one with Tyler, one with Matt, one with Tyler. Uh, And if come together, cool. But um, he's like, no, nah, dude, I can't. I was like, okay, cool. At no point was I ever mad at anybody mm-hmm. or, or disappointed or held anything against anybody. Like, I was just like, well, fuck it. Like, I, I'm really tired. I don't have the mental capacity to handle a one-on-one conversation. I need other people to feed off of. Uh, I mean, you both you both know that I need I, – I have a hard time with one-on-ones a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, even if it's just hanging out with somebody. Right. So, which is totally the opposite of how it used to be, because I used to be, like, back in high school and early college days, I used to only want one-on-one because people act differently around different people. Right. And, like, Matt, I I will say this about Matt right now. He was one of those people that if I was one-on-one with him, he'd be a completely different person. But as soon as other people came in, all of a sudden it's let's make fun of Blaine time. And that, that accounted for any of those people that he, he would be hanging out with. Like, if I was one-on-one, totally cool. As soon as soon I, I like the hang loose that you just threw out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, and it never bothered me. It never bothered me to the point where I, I had to say something and be like, guys, fuck off. It, it was just like, okay, cool. I, I just prefer like this. If we're all hanging out in a group, we'll have a good time, whatever, make fun of me. But if I want personal connection, it's one-on-one, and I crave the personal connection a lot more. Um, you know,
1: uh, like last week, uh, Tyler was on our show on, uh, over on Game Addicts
3: Which podcast. I really enjoyed, by the way. Thank and, you.
1: And, uh, you know, Mike was supposed to be there. Mike's been dealing with a lot of crap going on with his health Yeah. Uh, here recently, and it's, it's been getting worse before it's going to get better. And he felt fucking terrible about pulling out. And I'm like, there's nothing in this world. That is more important like what we are doing? We're having fun, we're producing content. We should never overextend ourselves mm-hmm. to just produce content for the sake of that because that's when you encounter the man, this is not genuine, right? You know, I said, I told him straight up, do not worry about this, do not feel bad, do not have any sort of like you, you just fucking chill out.
4: Well, and then you know, Mike messaged me and apologized, and I was like, "Don't ever fucking apologize no, to yeah. me for taking care of yourself." Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. W- we as a society don't ever fucking do that today. Mm-hmm. The, there was no way that having Tyler on
1: the show was I not going to have a good time or a good conversation, right? Or and and, and it, that went above and beyond. That was one of my one of my more fun episodes because it was I had loosely planned it but we just let it flow. And, you know, with Mike kind of going through what he's been going through it for his interaction, sometimes he like has problems with staying focused. Mm -hmm. So he needs to have everything kind of written out verbatim, right? This is what we're talking about. This is what I can see that. I got to have this up. I got to have this up because he's struggling at the moment with all this pressure, like on his brain for when you're talking to him, he's, he's looking at you and he's listening and all of a sudden, he just kind of like zones out for a second so that it's almost like a stopgap. He's actually lost moments of time that way, like chunks of time where he zones out for like five minutes and doesn't realize he lost five minutes. Wow. It's getting pretty bad. And he feels so bad. I'm like, do not whatsoever feel yeah. bad. I'm like, what we are doing is not that
3: important in the grand scheme of things. No, absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. We're having fun. You're having fun. You know, you gotta take care of yourself first. And I've, I've mentioned that to Tyler and Matt on several occasions. These types of things operate when we are at our best. Absolutely. And if you are not at your best, you shouldn't be doing it. Our
1: audiences don't want to hear that. No,
3: absolutely not. You need to be you need to be at the top of your game for yourself, mm-hmm. in order to be at the top of the game for these guys. Well, and the thing Listening, is, watching,
1: yeah, whether or not you change your release schedule, like like we have done. And we've done it multiple times. Mm -hmm. When we're on point, we're going and we're trucking every week. If we need to pull back, we have the freedom. Because I know those people that listen to my show are going to continue to do so when we release it. You know, whether or not we feel bad that we missed a week or did something like that, guess what? That happens. That's life. They're going to
3: catch me on the next one. Mm -hmm. You know, Podcastrophy, we have a couple, several different safety nets, three co hosts. They can do a show together. Mm-hmm. Him and I can do a show. Matt and I can do a show mm-hmm. together. We have backlog that we can just throw up there. if None of us can do it.
1: I'm really liking your little quick little Facebook interactions too. Thank you. Yes, I, those like, are like, nice. You go live and it just like, especially for when, like, like, those periods of times where maybe you might be absent from the actual main show. I like that. Thank you. I started doing stuff like that um, until I kind of hit my, uh, my emotional road bump. I started doing something called Game Addicts Plus. Where I was like on a Sunday morning or Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon, if I was going to be doing something or streaming anyway, just just get on there and pick a couple new news topics that might that we may have talked about or may maybe will or maybe won't, mm-hmm. and just use that as a more uh, interactive, you know, because it was originally just that was before we started streaming on Facebook uh, for the main show, but it was only going to be on Facebook more interactive with people because it's harder for our show, like when 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 Blaine was commenting. He was commenting, and other people were commenting while we were having such a good dialogue. Right? Yeah. I don't want to interrupt that. Just to,
3: I was just being ass. I know, an ass, I know to, you. You, were. you know how I do. Yeah, I know.
4: Yeah, I think I'm going to start doing that kind of on a. I'd like that a lot. on a weekly basis. I, the first time that I did that, I was like, you know what? One of my favorite parts of Family Guy is when Peter's on the news and he does. <laughs> really grinds my grinds gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Yeah, that's what that's, I thought of too. That's one of my favorite parts of Family Guy. And I was like, "Man, you know, you brought it up about me earlier in the show. Like, when I am bothered by something, it is worthy of being <laughs> bo- of bothering me. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, especially now, like, like I've already cooled down about the whole Joe thing. If Joe wants to abuse his dog, that's his business. It doesn't it it doesn't affect me. But I have said it from the beginning: that dog does not deserve to be abused. It's an innocent animal. It's an animal. Yeah. So." Joe, if you want to keep abusing your dog, that's fine. May or may not make it so you don't have that dog anymore. Keep testing me, um, but it's not my business. I don't. I don't need to get fucking worked up about it. Um, but people, people shitting on Captain Marvel before it's even in the theater—that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah. What? What? If, what if people would have done that for for DBZ Broly, or for you know Dragon Ball Super Broly? I would have been equally as pissed off, and that movie probably wouldn't have been able to survive it. No. At least in North America. No. You know it's what? just dumb. It's dumb. It's fucking
1: dumb. No, I, I, I know. I, I completely agree with you. And there was one day at work where I was like thinking of these things that just really annoy me. And Arby's really annoys me. Arby's?
4: <laughs> Arby's. What part of Arby's? A lot of it. Like the, the cool like stuff that they do on a weekly basis where no, they do no, like that's, cool anime no, stuff. That, okay. The pop culture
1: stuff, them and Wendy's are like... Oh, yeah. Like they, Wendy's they, Twitter they, is fucking lit, They've fam. got that shit figured out. <laughs> but no, Arby's. Number one, it's more expensive. And yes. I can dig it because their food is normally pretty damn good. When you order... Like when, like, when I go there, I like to try something brand new that they just came out with to see what it's like. And it's always usually pretty top-notch. The things that piss me off about it are they're charging you more, and yet they're their fry container... It's like you're buying a bag of Lay's because these curly fries are so dense and so big they block the sides of it to prevent more fries falling to the bottom. So therefore, when you get these and you look down in and you can see the space, you, there's like that much air not being filled with any sort of fries. Somebody else finally gets it. And I'm just like, these motherfuckers are cheating me. And then I'm like, like, and you want some Arby's sauce? Yeah, load me up some Arby's sauce and give me two. Two I said, load me up, motherfucker. They, they did load you up.
4: You were only going to get one of the little cups. <laughs> we'll give you a, we'll give you a nickel of Arby's sauce.
1: I want to reiterate you that there know, was a news story. There was a news story that went around where a guy got frozen in his car and survived off of Taco Bell packets. <laughs> they gave him enough packets to survive a nuclear winter. <laughs> Damn it!
3: You know, a, a while ago we were, we were in the Taco Bell drive through line and Miranda and her she was drunk <laughs> okay she's like I want a lot of mild sauce so I told the dude I was like we want a lot of mild sauce he's like all right bro and he literally I literally watched him pick up basically the whole little tub of it like scooped it up with his, as much as he could fit in his hands with and his meat hooks just dumped it in the bag you know what he is we still have a bunch of them you with know that guy that guy is a prime stoner,
1: okay? They, he gets the, it. Those guys, yeah, he does, and that's why they work at Taco Bell because <laughs> they get it. Because they're hoping maybe, just maybe, they'll be able to swipe some more Taco Bell for themselves for when they have the munchies later.
4: Right, right, right. right. And
1: Arby's, Arby's too high class. They don't hire those those weed abusers like that. You know, you devil's lettuce, you, my man. Dude, like you pull into Arby's and the dude's wearing like a sweater. And You're like <laughs> that
4: reefer madness. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I'm just like, dude, like, Arby's just – it's almost like every single time where the wife is like, do you want Arby's? I say no out of principle at this point because I'm tired of getting ripped off.
4: Now the only thing – the only uh, – the only, the only way I'm going to challenge you on Arby's is when they have the two for six euros. Their fucking euros are pretty good. They are really And good. I only have to wait like three minutes for them. So – now, that, that's the only time I'll challenge you was, everything else you're fucking spot on
1: so like you get the coupons right you get the coupons you gotta go get go the coupons get, because I mean it makes, it makes it a little bit more affordable for us plebes. but uh, I used to do the coupons for Arby's Matt and I did we had yeah. Arby's Wednesday
4: they got good they have real good fucking uh, mozzarella sticks
1: we too. ended up going and getting like a bunch of like just roast beef sandwiches right no, no beef and cheddar just roast beef she wants beef and cheddar for me I love the beef and cheddar, but if I want to just roast beef sandwiches, I'll fucking run settle.
4: up run up to Meyer real quick, I'll grab you a pack of cheddar, we'll make it at home. Exactly. We'll get
3: the roast beef, we'll microwave the I cheddar. I have an entire photo album dedicated to Arby's Wednesday. Wow. You would. Let's 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 view this real quick. Is well, that fucking Matt? Yeah, that's Matt.
4: Oh god. Kill it with fire. <laughs> that, that, is, that is Matt. Matt, what's wrong with you? That's me.
3: Yeah, you look awful with fucking goggles? We're on. Goggles? Yep. How old were that you? Was, those were my chemistry. That was this was junior year. What is wrong school. with you? A lot at this you point. You have Down
4: syndrome?
1: <laughs> <laughs> One time Arby's gave us like seven extra sandwiches.
4: That was basically Arby's back pay, right. you know. We've over <laughs> we've overcharged you for this ro- for this bar ass fucking this butting beef
3: for nine years. Here's your seven <laughs> extra sandwiches. We're square now. Uh, There's some like extra. Oh my there. gosh! Look at that. That oh, was yeah. your hair. That was my hair. In fact, Jesus Christ. Um. All right, are we ready to wrap it up? I think we
1: we're close to being at the end there, Bill.
3: All right, Brandon, plug away.
1: Hey, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for having me back here on the great show that is Podcastrophy. I love hanging out with you guys. I love making you guys run late every single time that I'm I'm on. Uh, But, of course, you can check me out over at the Game Addicts Podcast. We are also live on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Game Addicts Play. We're live every other Wednesday. We're also on Twitch. at the same uh, username. We're also on podcast services around the world. You name it, we're on it. If we're not, let me know. I'll make it so. And of course, if you miss the live stream on Facebook or Twitch, it gets uploaded to YouTube on Friday, so you can also see our beautiful faces.
4: You should sell propane and propane accessories. <laughs> well you, You've wait, got that fucking thing down, it even rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it
1: sometimes it comes out more fluid than others. It just it all just depends. I want to
4: buy your podcast.
3: Well, good, <laughs> you just
4: uh, sold it to me. All right, let's hear you do it, Blake.
3: All right, as always, you can check us out live every Tuesday, roughly around 5.30 or 6 on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And we'll also uh, live stream any extra content we do if we so decide. Uh, Otherwise, you can check us out on Podcast Free Pod at at podbean.com. You can check us out on iTunes and Spotify.
4: Uh, Working on Stitcher. Working
3: on Stitcher and Google Play. uh, As our little uh, image says, we have Google Play, but we don't. And if you haven't already, if you're on our feed and haven't check out the journey into comics network, I'm not going to plug all the shows that that's at the beginning of this episode. So uh, you get a ton of shows with content by the likes of you'll probably find something. (laughs) So check out the journey into comics network, they host us, are you going
1: to plug this Friday show uh, here on the feed?
3: Uh, 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 maybe I will. Well, you might as well. Uh, This Friday, uh, if you're listening, it'll be tomorrow. Um, we are doing like basically like a prequel episode of Game of King Chair where we dive into the recent uh, Game of Thrones final season trailer drop. So be sure to tune in and check that out. Uh, I don't know exactly who all is going to be on, but we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about the Game of Thrones trailer and get you hyped for the new season as if you weren't already so check that out also check out the fun for funds uh show coming up march 23rd it's in two weeks it's ten dollars you get live podcasts for a few hours and then you get live music there's also live comedy uh you're you're helping us raise funds for our network and you're helping raise hype for laffy and our network so come check it out, have a good time. The live music includes bands such as my own band number one. You got
4: which is killer, which is killer. I, let's it's let's awesome. let's
3: interject that in there. Band number one fucking rocks. And no, Jennifer, my plugs are not as smooth as Brandon's. Better than if, <laughs> better than if I were to do it. Uh, you know, there's a
1: lot of cool stuff coming to this feed as well. Uh, as you said, Game of King Chair is going to be a whole new mm-hmm. podcast dedicated to Game of Thrones for this season, just for six episodes. There's the there, well, right, but there's the. It's a mini uh, series. New metal show that you have with Nick Max. Yep. Happy fun metal time. There's going to be more stuff coming in the very, very near future that we will be getting to very shortly.
3: Oh, yeah. Looking forward to that. Definitely. But if that is all, that is all. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. And thank you, Brandon, for joining. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with
4: us. No problem. For this
3: awesome episode 80 The Talons of Freedom. And thank you, Tyler. Thank you for coming back. I've got one more thing to say. Say it. Fuck off, Joe Grimes. (laughs) All right. Sending all of our big dick energy your way. Please make every day a big dick day. Bye, guys. Later.
2: Thank yes.